He's saying that she could be banging the milkman. No, I understand that he's going for, but like, it was such a weird way to do that. Well, because I got cut off because you have to just jump in and talk about old timey dicks. What? <laughs> what? What? Are you listening to what we're saying? Kind of. Yeah, are you having a stroke? <laughs> Who said anything about old timey dicks? <laughs> Who wants to see my pecker? <laughs> That's a These slung, nuts. I tell you. Slung. <laughs> this is gonna be a long night. Welcome back, everyone, to S1E1, the show where each week we pick a different sitcom, watch just the first televised episode, and forgetting anything we might know about the future run of that show, rate it and decide if it's a show we want to greenlight or cancel. This week we're going to be talking about Small Wonder. Small Wonder went 96 episodes over four seasons on first-run syndication. Today we're going to be talking about episode one, which was called Vicky's Homecoming, originally airing September 7th, 1985. So to get things started, I'm Jay Gags. With me, as always, the boys, Gordo, Ferg, Nick, and Joe. What's going on, guys? I am a bad sitcom. <laughs> Who what picked a waste this one? of womanhood. Who picked this one? Me. Jay. Oh, God. I have a question. Why am I recording right now? You are going to legitimately edit out 99% of what I have to say about <laughs> this show. Which is not called Small Wonder. It's called Doc Brown Makes a Sex Doll of a Child. What the fuck are we watching? No, no, no. Hold on. Let's not get too far. First off. Hi, guys. Yeah. Also, hello, Gordo. Gordo. (laughs) I want to start start with this because, like, the thought is, Jay, why did you pick this show? I think, first off, we have to remember the object You want to make our lives miserable? No, you picked the worst shows out. And really keep those listener counts way down. (laughs) First off, Small Wonder was a huge show in the 80s when it came out. Which is insane. But- you have to remember, it's not a matter of us always picking our favorite TV shows every week. Like, that's not what this is supposed to be. Maybe not the, for you. The idea, the original premise, if you remember, when Joe pitched the show to us was the idea of, like, some of the crazy concepts behind sitcoms. So, like, what is crazier than a house with a girl robot that lives with them as a daughter? Like, that, that, that is exactly why, you know, we originally talked about doing a show like this. Because this is insane that this is the premise of a television show. I'm with Jay. Obviously, that was the pitch and everything. And Gordo, I do have to say, this is better than Homeboys from Outer Space. No, it's not. Yes, it is. No, it is not. Sorry, this does not have Jedi. There is no space hoopty in this, luckily. Dude, Homeboys from Outer Space is still by far the worst show we ever covered. No, no. Uh, it's not, I mean, I'll die on this hill, but I will die on this it's hill. It's up there. I mean, my. it's tough because we haven't done too many just objectively bad shows honestly, like, I mean, in the 72, 73 episodes that we've done. So as we do them, the number of bad shows is adding up. So they're kind of getting lost amongst each other. Uh, This one's in that batch, though, so far. Um, Not really sure how badly it's going to rate, but I guess we'll find out. Small wonder, before recording this episode today and prepping for it, what was uh, everyone's knowledge of the show? Had you guys seen it before? Were you aware of the show? Nope. I knew the plot, and I've seen clips. I, I mean, the show came out the year I was born, so I don't, yeah, I don't have much memory of. I don't recall this at all. The main, like the kid, not the robot, the boy, the kid, seemed kind of familiar to me, and uh, I, it might be from this show. I just, I don't remember anything about this show though. I do have one thing that he's in that I knew him from, but it's mm-hmm. not definitely. I don't think it's something you've seen. 
I don't think he was in much. When he did pop up, though, in the theme song for a second, I thought he was the younger brother from 16 Candles. Um, Nothing flagged me at the time, but I also haven't seen 16 Candles in many, many years. No, I, here's I, a weird I do, uh, not to be controversial, I think it's like one of the lesser of those movies. Like from Oh, I love 16 Candles, but that's for a different day, I guess. But so weird thing about this show. So I went down a rabbit hole of the uh, creator of this show. Okay. So he made a show in 1964 that is the same plot as this, only it's an adult woman. It's called My Living Doll. And, and guess what just got added to the list? Yeah, that's on there. And it's Julie Newmar who plays Catwoman, right? So we're going to have to see that Meow. just to sort of Well, it's this, it's almost right? akin to, um, oh, shit. What was that show? Was it Weird Science? I mean, in a way. Oh, yeah. It's got a Weird Science vibe. Let's go to Weird Science Science also had a show that came out as like an adaptation to it. Kind of that USA on Saturday. There's that John Hughes link you want. Yeah, right. Yeah. I was thinking of the show. I actually forgot about the movie, but the the show was always on after something I watched. It was like a USA show, I think. Yeah, it was on in the mornings. I believe at one point it was on after Superstars on It was. Yeah. Or like Live Wire or whatever the thing on Saturdays was. And then preceded by Duckman and Clueless the TV show. We got to do animation and do Duckman because that show was fucking awesome. Duckman was great. And uh, just to round out, by the way, like I do have memories of watching Small Wonder as a kid. It was a very popular show. I know we were like infant and toddlers in its run, but through syndication and stuff, I do like vividly remember watching it. I can't say that I remember a lot of specifics, but I don't know. Something about this show always kind of stood out to me. It was always in the back of my head. And then since we've started this show, I kind of... I don't know, I kick the tires around a lot of times, like, oh, I should pick Small Wonder. It makes a lot of sense to cover it on a show. So, yeah, you know, here we are. I'm a cable boy, for sure, and I spent way too much of my life watching TV. I always knew of this show. I don't remember ever seeing it in syndication. But I think now it will be really interesting to bookend it with the adult version of it from the 60s. That's got to be, like, crazy campy, right? Like, 64 with that premise. You know, and, and I want to get into it later on because i have it in my notes but you just mentioning that about the creator and kind of now knowing what era he was creating television in makes a lot of sense to this one well he's got another show this is what i put on our list that this is a definitely coming soon this is insane right so he did a show called hello larry and this is uh mid-70s listen to this plot and tell me if it sounds like a tv show you're aware of larry is a 44 year old divorcee in portland oregon uh hosting a call-in psychology radio show you put that in Seattle, it's just Frasier, right? Right. Well, I don't want to watch Frasier, and I certainly don't want to watch that. Well, you know, I, I can Frasier. get Gordo on board because Hello Larry. Larry is McLean Stevenson, who's Colonel Blake on MASH, but it also features the mom from Boogie Nights who yells at him, where she's like, Women don't like you! And uh, Mrs. Garrett from uh, Facts of Life is in it, too. Girls, girls, girls! So if you want to watch Frasier, pre-Frasier, with Facts of Life people in it and MASH people, I mean, we're going to. I will pick that show eventually. It's on the list. I'm sorry. You really hate us, don't you? Gordo, you have no right. Small wonder. How could I hate you more than Jay hates you right now? You picked California Dreams and Country Comfort. Guys, California Dreams was amazing, and nobody was trying to have sex with a child in it. And Mama's Family. I want to point something out. Mama's Family is the best show ever. And I feel like I do this all the time, but I I really want to reiterate, as we've come along and we have more people jumping in and listening to us, a lot of these shows we mentioned, and I have said this before, some of the shows that are lesser known, ones that we have admitted are objectively bad shows. You have to go back and listen to those episodes. Usually some of our funner ones, because if we hate it, we tear it apart a little bit. Usually have a little bit of fun with it. 
So um, go back again, s21pod.com. But if you're listening to us now, you probably know where to listen to us. So just uh, you know, scroll down and look for some of these shows that we're talking about. Give them a, a listen. The issue with that is you said that message on a show that another bad show. So no I think one's I did hear yeah. it. <laughs> People will come around to it. I mean, Jay's right. It was a big show. I mean, whether or not we had seen it, whether or not it is on the list of like worst sitcoms of all time, it was a big show. It was in syndication. If was this on the list like, of worst shows? I, I like legit, it is on one of the list. Yeah. Really? Nah. I picked this like just out of the memory bank. This one, but. I will say, though, I think part of it is that, like, look, the conceit of this show works for a little while, but it hits a humongous roadblock in that robots don't age, but little girls hitting puberty do. So, like, this show gets super wacky later on where they have to say that he puts, like, a special microchip in her that ages her up so that she fits in with the rest of the kids. Like, it gets even weirder as it goes. You know what I mean? Well, we'll let's talk about this as we see how she came to be anyway so let's get into the episode so we can just start talking about all this i don't think the plot's honestly that weird i just think the show is terrible if they had even a single good actor i think i could enjoy the show let hold on well let's get get let's get into this all right so i would say uh be careful for the green light or cancel because there's the biggest green light i've ever seen in my entire life living in that kid's closet I can't believe he has like a bigger than life size traffic light. I fucking I have that. No- so I have that him. noted too. Let's talk about the episode so we can talk about the episode. Let's get right you into see it. See a sweet gizmo show. Stop talking, both of you. <laughs> Just stop it. Stop. Stop. <laughs> Intro. Intro to the show. So, uh, in any event, yeah, this is one of the shows. It starts right into. There's no like opening scene or anything. We get right into the intro, and it has a. One of my early things about it, so you see all this, um, it's just clips of the show, and there's a very long jingle that goes with it, and it's, um, there's, other than if you listen to the lyrics of the jingle to the intro, there's nothing to tell you that this girl's a robot, which is the whole premise of the show. Yeah, because at one point there was a line where it's like, made of plastic, she's fantastic, which is... A, Barbie just, Girl. Just a lyric from Barbie Girl uh, by yeah. Aqua. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. I, I have that written down, too, but yeah. I will but say this. It also made um, me think of the Anna Nicole song, though, and it comes up all the time with this podcast. Like, Anna Nicole, she's fantastic. You guys, you guys realize it's a famous Barbie line, right? That's why it's in the song. Oh. That's why it's in this. I don't I know did, much about the history of yeah. Barbie, to be honest with you. But that makes <laughs> way more sense that they would cop it for this, and that's why Barbie Girl by Aqua uses it. But... Yeah. Uh, thank you, Ferg, for letting us know. It's like a little tidbit. It was know, a very I know that from the Netflix series, The Toys That Made Us. Oh, I've seen that. Oh, I did watch that, yeah. In, uh, what are your opinions of this intro? I thought the song was very catchy. I love I the font and their logo. Like, I want to steal the design for the way the font is for both logos for my next band. It has like, a very nice, like, amazing. retro retro future look, if that makes sense. Like, right. what's it's like, like cursive what the... on the top. What the past thought the future would look like, like those kind of spacey fonts, you know. I, did I mean, not it, enjoy the song. I didn't enjoy the song either. Really, for for you love uh, like these types of things. Yeah, this show is um, slowly making me hate theme songs. <laughs> it wasn't. I mean, it told you what you needed to know. Did it about the show? I I think. I will say it's, small it's a minute and two seconds wonder. long, and that's too much. A minute two is way yeah. too long for it a It could have been a little shorter, but I mean, is, a minute intro is about standard for most TV shows, about like a minute flat usually. Is that because this is the pilot, though? I don't think so. I don't think this is like an extended intro. That's This isn't really the type of 
jingle you can like easily slice down either. You know what this intro reminded me of and kind of made me think about something was when they panned to the the redheaded girl neighbor outside the door. Harry and she just yeah. Um isn't that almost identical to Urkel's intro in uh the Family Matters intro? Isn't he on the other side of the back door? I think he is. It, yeah. No, it's the like whole the, the whole family's holding it shut and he's trying to get in. Oh, oh that's you're right. right. That's that is right. what it is. But it also made me think does almost every studio audience sitcom ever incorporate the neighbor? I mean, you have Kimmy, Full House, Urkel. Um, I mean, there's uh, a lot. Wilson. Yeah, like every they all incorporate the neighbor for some reason. I mean, you got everybody loves Raymond, but they're neighbors, but they're not. You know what I mean? Like they're, they're still family the too. Neighbors. But it's still same the same thing. deal. Why is the neighbor always part of the show? I don't understand it. I Everybody's just think it's like when they. Neighbor. When you look at outside family life and you're trying to think of, like, who would be involved in these people's lives, and as you get older, a lot... Maybe it's like us. As the as the years have gone by, we're less likely to just converse with our neighbors, but if we think of our parents' generations and stuff, they were a little bit more apt to being friendly with the neighbors and having them over. Yeah, the most I get is, uh, how we doing? And then you just keep it moving. Everyone's yeah. friendly, but you're not, like, going over there for dinner. The neighbors, you know? more times than not, a nuisance, too. Like, especially, like, Kimmy and Urkel. Like they're always, an, and it seems like uh, what's her girl. name on this show is kind of an annoyance too. Yeah, she's going to be a nuisance. She's well, it's like a lot the of these kid. shows. Wilson's bad. the only exception, really. These these become like tropes, and once they start to work, other shows just start copying, and, yeah, and that's what happens. A, it's all a formula. They just throw everything in and spits it out. One thing about this, which I kind of hate though too, is like I know it's the pilot. You don't have any other footage, but I wish they went and filmed like two other scenes because i hate when you watch the pilot for an episode and all of the scenes in the uh opening song are from that episode oh right yeah because you're like oh the alarm clock because it makes sense that i mean they picked good scenes for this we were like oh this describes these people's characters but yeah. then in a 21 minute episode because the fucking song was a minute long for some reason uh you see all of those things again like just go film them doing something else yeah but i guess like if you're creating the full intro and you had only filmed the pilot. That's all you have to pull from. But yeah, I guess you could maybe just film a couple fake scenes just to toss things in there for yeah, argument's sake. Get the studio. But just if make them dance the or case, something. Don't do a full intro with scenes. Just do like a title card. Also true, you know? yeah. I would do like, you know, just maybe one or two scenes of Vicky that are fabricated for the intro where she's doing something that's a little more showing that she's a robot. You know what you do? You film a specific scene for this and just do a scene with that song of the dad in the laboratory building the doll or the robot. Could have done something. Like, you know yeah. what? And, and the only other thing I really do want to mention about this intro is, and it, this goes back to Joe mentioning that this creator had created a show back in the 60s. I think this show had a very like 50s vibe to it. And not just, I mean, the, the intro... I was going to say, I want to call it Leave it to Beaver, but I feel like for a lot of comments I have coming up later, that's not apropos. Well, not I, just like, so not just the intro itself, though, but as you get through the episode, I feel like just a lot of the dialogue, a lot the of the speech patterns. Oh, exactly. A lot, especially the mom, but a lot of the way the everyone speaks on the show, the way the, that the laughs come in, like everything felt very 50s to me. It was the, the for me, it was the boy. Oh boy, I'm in trouble. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it just didn't feel like an Laugh 80s track. show at all to me. It, it like... If you would just, you know, if I sent you guys the same episode and I put it in black and white and sent it to you and said that this is from 1968, I don't think there's any indicators that you would have questioned it. 
Aside from no. the Gizmo T-shirt, that would have been yeah. Well, <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Other than cultural references, like which are scarce in the show, but there's but no even like, like the, the building. He, he's dressed kind of like a Square John from like this 50s or 60s. He comes out of like a very that era looking industrial building with his suitcase and his sack lunch. Like all of that stuff tracks to being like her in the kitchen. Yeah, that could be a 60s sitcom. You know what I mean? Like nothing aside from the robot. And uh, yeah, I found it very interesting, especially just um, also, I guess, when you think back, like the cultural infatuation with robots was more strong around that era, too. Not the 80s robots like that. It, it kind of came back into like prevalence. But if you think back, the old like toy robot thing that was really starting to become more of a thing right around that like late 50s era. Yeah, it was like a retro sort of chic thing at this point. But like when they talk about what he does for a living later on, it's like he works with robots, like the kind that like fill soda bottles and he like makes like factory robots. Yeah, like engineer work. Which yeah, like the, makes the, sense. <laughs> yeah, he's like the cars on the line that took <laughs> 8 million jobs away from people probably that same year. Like his his job killed Flint, Michigan. <laughs> so from the intro, we get to this like the first scene where we're in the family's kitchen and the mom's doing something near the sink. You see the sun come in and uh, they're just talking about, uh, he just got in from school and the kid says like, there's got to be more to life than school. Man can't live by education alone. Right off the bat, like one of the first lines, I'm like, did any of these writers have a kid? <laughs> like, this is not how a child speaks. Have, have any of these writers did been near a child? any of these writer ever, writers ever write? <laughs> yeah. yeah I mean, well, it's just, just a like, lot of, what a waste of womanhood, like uh, in a minute later, right? Like all of his lines are like, wait, what the fuck? There's a lot of, I don't a lot of the writing, not just by what the child says, uh, Jamie, and uh, what was the mother, Jane or Joan? I think Joan. Joan. All right. So, you know, between them both, I feel like a lot of their voices were that of adult men. And it just felt that way at all times. They weren't writing for children and women with their voice. It was a lot of just guys writing. And it sounded like guys we've writing. Seen. We've seen the good and the bad of that. Like yeah, that kid should have times. walked in and been like, school stinks. I don't need school. When I grow up, I'm going to be a Godzilla. Laugh track. Like, that's the joke that you'd expect to be written or the tone of a kid to be written, you know? Yeah, and it just feels like... um, Or I'm going to be a Ghostbuster. Like, yeah, then you could throw in a cultural thing, but... It happened so often that I almost wondered if they were deliberately writing him to say things that were too old for him. Because it happened yeah, a lot. That's, that's another trope. We saw it last week with Manny and, and uh, Modern Family. It's the, the kid that doesn't talk like a kid trope. Yeah, I guess, I don't know. It didn't flag me quite the same with that one. But I feel like the I, Manny I trope, saying. though, which is a pretty pretty big trope, is also people talking like adults. Where this kid isn't talking like an adult, he's just talking like nobody talks. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, yeah right. He's talking old-timey. Old-timey ragtown. Wow, do you see the dame down the street? In any event, so... It starts, um, Jamie starts talking to his mother about how he wants a brother. He'd even settle for a sister. And Joan goes, maybe one day. And he's like, you keep saying that, but I don't think you're really working on it. And it was like, I get that he doesn't know how, like, children are born and this comes up later. But I was like, what an awkward thing to say to his mom. It just, it felt weird when he said it. You're not getting raw dog by dad every night? Well, yeah. She's trying, and I don't think it's happening. Yeah, I mean, that's a lot of... There's a lot of weird sexuality between the parents in this episode. It's a lot oh, more... a lack of it, because the dad is always working. Well, there's a lot of sexual 
discussion in this episode way more than I expected for a they, show that was about a child robot in the house. Ferg, I feel the same way, but they did try to have sex. It was interrupted. To Ferg's point, could be a milkman. I think milkmen were around at that point. Okay. Um, <laughs> what are you talking and, about? <laughs> he's saying that she could be banging the milkman. No, I understand that he's going for, but like, it was such a weird way to do that. Well, because I got cut off because you have to just jump in and talk about old timey dicks. What? <laughs> what? What are you listening to? What we're saying? Kind of. Yeah, are you having a stroke? <laughs> Who said anything about old timey dicks? <laughs> you did. Who wants to see my pecker? <laughs> That's a He's slung, nuts. I tell you, slung. This is going to be a long night. Well, yeah. So, uh, Joe, you've referenced this line already, but, you know, we get a knocking at the door and Jamie goes to open it. And this is when we see Harriet, the neighbor. She's a like a little pigtailed redheaded girl. She's like the Wendy's girl come to life. She looks like a doll from the 80s. I want to yeah. punch this kid. She's she looked, very annoying. She looked fake. Like that yeah. hair looked like a wig. To me. Yeah, she looks like she had no teeth. And I just wanted to deck her okay <laughs> jesus man what's wrong with you're talking about punching like an eight year old girl to, to be fair she's like 60 something now <laughs> that doesn't no, that doesn't work that all, way to be fair she'd be like 45 <laughs> <laughs> she's closer to our age than anything else this show came out the <laughs> year we were born and yeah, she she's was, like eight she yeah she's probably the shit out of him <laughs> that would be a fair fight I can't wait for this 47-year-old woman to just beat the ever-living shit out of Gordo. <laughs> Emily Shulman, if you're listening, I will give you Gordo's address, and I would love to watch you just punch him square in the jaw. Oh, finally. Finally, Gordo's going to get us our blue check mark. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, so, in any event, she she knocks on the door. 65? <laughs> ja- sorry. <laughs> ja- ja- Jamie opens the door and just, you know, it's like, she goes, hi, Jamie. Hi, Harriet, and just slams the door right on her. His mother said that it was rude, and that's not a good way to treat your neighbor. You notice he legitimately hits her with the door? It's not yeah, like a couple times. A, it's not like in another sitcom where also, like, you slam it in their face and like they're just on the other side. He legitimately hits her with the door yeah, and, and closes it, it, it. And it was, um, he got her pretty good later in the episode, too. <laughs> side but, note, um, she turned 45 today. Oh, oh wow. happy, happy birthday! birthday. Yeah. Happy birthday, Harriet. I'm sorry that our friend's such a piece of shit and wants to hit you on your birthday. <laughs> Fuck you. Also, Harriet. as a grown man, he shouldn't be talking about hitting young girls. Listen, or even any, adult ones. Anyone, or adult women. Yeah. yeah. But, um, and I, I just want to get the last line out because the whole buildup was to this line was, uh, Jamie goes, I'm sorry, mom, but she deserves it. Harriet's a pill and she's nosy. What a waste of womanhood. Uh, Joe, you mentioned earlier. Also, just calling someone a pill is such a dated thing. That's like that. an old reference. And using yeah. the term womanhood. <laughs> like, yeah. What? I just feel like calling someone a pill, is that was that 80s? I, I, it's tough being, ha- had been born Again, in I the mid-80s. Again, I think that's more of a 50s thing, honestly. Yeah, it, it all feels very dated. I'm not going to lie. I like that term. <laughs> Fergie, you going to bring it back? I might try to bring it back. What a pill. It's kind of like saying sharp. Like sharp no. fella. Yeah, like oh, you got a sharp haircut there. When he's but he's well, he's saying negative things about her, so that he's not saying oh that Harriet, she's so sharp. Yeah, like a pills a pills like a negative. No, I know that. I'm just drawing and he's saying it's also an archaic term. Yes, thank you, Ferg. Somebody here gets me. I'm glad we're nobody on the same here wavelength. gets you, buddy. <laughs> Gordo, I think you're looking real sharp today. <laughs> 
Why, thank you, Joe. I think you are, too. Thank you. From there, the dad, uh, his name's Ted, he, like, walks in from the outside of um, the house into the kitchen and then walks straight out the other side towards the living room. Pretty much doesn't even, like, turn to his family, says hello, but walks straight out. You can see something's bothering him. The son goes, uh-oh, I don't think I'll ask dad to play with me. And then the mom, Joan, goes, I don't think I will either. And I was like, what a... You're gonna, yeah. That's a weird yeah. thing to say to your son. I know he's I, not going to get si- it. I need a sitcom where this mom meets Horny Frank. Yes. Yeah. 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 True, true. Uh, at this time, too, this is prime Dallas time, too. Right. Uh, uh, Patrick Duffy is, like, prime sex symbol. This is, um, th- there is a, it's not, we're not fabricating, because I know, um, I guess internally, just so you, the listeners know, me and Joe are often yelled at for some of the references we pull and how we interpret them. I don't think that there's any denying that this show has a constant case of horny mom, like, throughout the episode. Yeah, this is horny mom. <laughs> this is not as bad as horny, horny dad in Step by Step. Horny no, Joe. there's nothing no, worse. No, no, nothing no, no, is no. worse than Horny Frank. Go back and listen to our step by step episode. <laughs> we if really you need already. to make a Horny Frank t shirt. Yeah, yeah right? probably. Yeah, that'd be a great one. Patrick Duffy's smiling face, it just says Horny Frank on it. I will only wear that t shirt ever. Yeah. That is amazing. Right? Slap S1E1 on there. You got a you got a t shirt. You got a sharp looking t shirt there, fellas. <laughs> there you go. There you there go. So hit us up you at S1E1pod.com. Yeah, any artists to make an order. The, there's, yeah, there's no merch link yet, but you know, who knows? By the time you listen to this, you never know. Uh, go to also socials, just but. just to go back. Go to you got a little bit of a zinger there for once. I'll tell you, just friendly advice. Part of it is delivery, because if you had said that ten minutes ago, you went would have said he's looking sharp, and then you pause for awkward. So if you say it with a little more liveliness, you might get a, a laugh out of this once in a while. I feel like you guys uh, are not going to give me that satisfaction. And that it's we a, just did. We just did. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah. It's not a purposeful no sell. It's just no selling when no selling is called for. But uh, I don't know. I think in it's any a, event, you're a real waste a of manhood. I'm gonna tell you, it's a conspiracy. But um, Ted's family follows him into the living room, and we find out why he's upset. The special project that he's been working at at the lab, uh, he's been keeping secret for a long time, and he finally told his boss about it, and he didn't even want to discuss it with him. And then we see he opens up like the silver briefcase and we just see like gigantic what looks like doll parts. Body parts. <laughs> he's a serial killer and he's walking around with a suitcase full of baby parts. That's all I could think about it. I kept imagining a scenario where he gets pulled over driving home. <laughs> What's in the case, buddy? I literally <laughs> have in my notes, is Ted a serial killer? <laughs> like later on there. <laughs> when he opens this and exposes it, Jamie, his son's like, gee, dad, a grown man playing with a doll at work. Joan's like, I don't get it. Like, your company does electronic gadgets. Like, why would you want to make a doll? And he's explaining to her, this isn't a doll. This is V-I-C-I, Voice Input Child Indicant. And he talks about how this robot could do all these great things and, like, teach in school and help in hospitals with handicapped children. It's a very specific thing you when now talk- we're sorry little billy you're never gonna use the use of your legs again but please come talk to vicky <laughs> like oh great thanks i feel better already will help you oh maybe she they were talking like the robotic parts you can use as robotic legs yeah, i don't know that's what i, I don't think he's that's not how i interpreted it but i because it sounded like it's all through like the computer system and like the intellect but we're diving too deep into that i think for a show that we constantly say we're diving too deep trying to figure out these things I mean, I think we know why this doll is being made, and I think that Stop the it. reasons. It, mm. There's so much of that in this episode, Joe. I don't think 
where your brain goes is where this is the intention. Oh, God. Later on, he's like, the skin's so lifelike. I was yeah. like, I'm going to lose my mind. I can't no. handle this. <laughs> no. I was sitting at work watching it and cringing every line because I knew Joe was also watching. And I was like, yeah, Sam in trouble. <laughs> Joe, I side yeah. with you so much, but there are points where it's a reach. <laughs> and I, okay. oh, I it don't... is not a reach when he just has a dead sex. He has like a dead child that he probably did something bad to just laying on his bed in the next scene. That's how we come into this scene. Hold it just on. looks like a what? dead child. You Hold are on. making wild assumptions about the time leading up to the scene being uh, shot. Okay. Take away the sexual aspect. Is it not weird that it looks like we just cut to this dude's room and he's just like dead typing child. on the computer and there's a dead fucking child on his bed? It is so weird and jarring. Hold Especially on. when we saw the scene before. That's not what the doll parts look like. Well, yeah. Right, yeah, on. he put the skin on. He re-skinned. He's a weird opposite serial killer. Hold on. We are jumping ahead. Let's Let's be in the moment right now. Let's close out this scene here before we go completely off the rails. So... He's talking about all these things that the robot can do. And the son cuts and goes, well, you better stand back when a doll this size cries and wets. From there, he leaves after his little zinger oh, of a line. And the audience went nuts. Yes. <laughs> the audience has a bananas for this. They, they love these jokes. And then now that the parents are alone, Ted asks Joan if she'd mind if he worked on this project at home. He said it's way too important to just give up on it. And she's fine with it. And adds, in fact, I'd be relieved if you were home. I'd know what kind of doll you were working on at night. Another weird sex one with an old timey word attached to it. It's um, the mom's like, I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, she she needs the D. She needs the sunny D. I I, she really it it tames down, I think, a little bit. But early in this episode, she's a bit much. I don't know. She wakes up on their anniversary, super horny. Like, I don't think it tames down. She literally is like, get over here and fuck me, and like throws his (laughs) newspaper away. He's so, like, well, um, honey, I'm reading Gilbert. I don't want to have sex with you right now. <laughs> so, honey, you wouldn't believe what the family circus are up to. <laughs> so now the scene question. that... Well, go ahead. I'm though. sorry. So the kid is worried about this doll wedding. Yeah. I'd be more worried about the doll pooping. Because what does a robot poop? There's no, there's no He's history. He's worried of... about it wedding because that was a famous doll from the age that yeah. peed it. There were like peeing dolls were like a, a big that was thing like a at big that hook, time. Yeah. yeah. It was oh, no I pooping remember. doll. I vaguely remember those. So Joe, the scene you were talking about next, this is when we cut to the bedroom again, but now we see Ted with his like whole computer hookup and there's like a wire that goes into Vicky, who's now not just doll parts, but looks like a whole human, which I did think was a little weird to jump straight to that. It was we see these what looks like legitimate just giant doll parts in a briefcase and we cut to a few minutes later and this is it's a completely realistic human being laying down being programmed on and it's not like it's not laying down in the bed like a person lays down in the bed it's laying at the foot of the bed the opposite way like he just killed the little girl no he's programming it like He's not, I'm, I'm with Joe on that. It looks like you. he killed her. It looks like this is just terrible. Well, but, there should have been a scene of him being like, and the knee bones connected to the foot bone or whatever. It should have been like a RoboCop-esque scene where like, yes. you see the in-between part when it's not done. Like Even if it was just like, it could be the full like, girl I agree. without should have been, the hair on it. Something like that. Well, just, they wanted to do that reveal later. But yeah, I think there could have been a point where, or they just used those doll parts and put them together and maybe put the wig and dress and just had her 
used her voice over it real quick and then later on revealed the full product after. But in any event, she does have the same haircut as RoboCop, though. <laughs> well, we so we have so we have her she laying does. there and he's typing in commands into this computer. It's a. I was going to say, hold on. Can we talk about this ancient Macintosh? Computer? Well, yeah, I mean, at, at the time, that was that was just what what was available. But yeah, I love that era, though, when like computers were just science fiction, like they could do anything you typed into. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> that, like, yeah. Voice command work. <laughs> just yeah. all of a sudden, like, Make yeah, cheeseburger and then you just pull a burger out of the computer. <laughs> like anything's possible. Right. I feel like the only movie from this time, it might even be the same year, that I feel like does it right is War Stand Games? By Me. Oh. <laughs> no, because like War Games doesn't make any sense. Stand By Me, they literally just show him typing out the whole story he told at the very yeah, end. Right. And okay, he hits yeah. like the end print and it's like you know goes off to whatever dot matrix printer and you're goes like oh a computer is a typewriter with a screen it's not <laughs> war games it's not like this dude creating a fucking doll baby thing it's so weird and absurd it's just that classic like green lettering like it's, it's so like of the time it, it really does that's just retro computer that's the first thing you think of that clunky computer with the green type but he's typing in all these commands like blink and wiggle nose and just to see if it's working so we no, he types in blink, hits enter, and you cut over to Vicky and you see her eyes blink. Wiggle you, nose, same thing. Do you and think then, wiggle nose was a reference to Bewitched? No, I don't think so. Just because it seemed weird to me because, like, if you were like, I would be like, you know, move your fingers, move your toes. Kind of, I would never ask somebody to be like, can you twitch your nose? Like, if you had just found somebody who got knocked out or hit by a car, right? Be like, hey, buddy, are you okay? How many fingers am I holding up? Can you twitch your nose? Like, I've never heard anybody use that, but I, no, this thing is so old-timey sitcom-based. I think if it was a reference to that, she would have been better at it. Like, it would have been the full book. She just flared her nostrils. Yeah, she just like, did not. The thing was, like, she literally went Or they probably would have injected that um that sound effect. And it was like, a lot of sound effects. It was, like, a cgi nose, too. Like, they, they, it was, like, on top of the image. Same thing with her eyes. Oh, do you think they CGI'd it with that computer? Maybe. Yeah. yeah. Well, they use some CGI <laughs> a little later on. And again, this is no Titanic. It's 1985 uh, syn- uh, syndicated television. But to yeah. be fair, in 1985, they CGI her later on. We won't talk about the scene just yet because we're not getting there. But it does look better than the CGI on Homeboys from Outer Space, which came out a full 10 years later. Right. A decade later. It's <laughs> true. More than that. But um, so the next thing he types in is respond to voice commands. Which apparently, that's all you need to do. You just type that in, press enter. Then he's able to unplug her or whatever. He says, open your eyes and stand up. And she does. And he's like marveled by this and looks at it and says, you know, if I do say so myself, you are fantastic. And you get her to speak for the first time. I'm fantastic. And he she should have said, you are fantastic. Like, it doesn't make sense that she knows the to speak to her for herself because she uses the opposite of that later. Well, she was programmed with a good amount, but yes. There's holes. I mean, if we're going to go into, like, the details, there's going to be a lot of holes here. There's no holes in this plot. But I will say he seemed, like, shocked when she responded, and I was like, why? Like, you should, like, did he just program her to do this exact thing? I think he was more shocked that his code worked. Because show me the scene where, like, he's, like, blink and, like, a fart happens. Or I love that. That's what you would. Why write. that? That is Gordo's version of it's Gordo. <laughs> that would have actually been funny. So far, uh, it's questions about what does the robot poop, and it would be funny if she farted instead of blinked. 
And I'm not disagreeing. That would be funny. It's just <laughs> you funny know on your side here. <laughs> Nick, is there ever a point where you're like, this is the team I picked? <laughs> Every time he speaks, and he's he's degrading our uh, notoriety here. Yeah. <laughs> but um, <laughs> from there, we get to the – we're back in the kitchen now. We he walks in, Ted walks in, and you know dinner's ready. And he goes, "Dinner?" And she's like, "Yeah, that thing we do every night that gets the dishes dirty." Again, crowd went bonkers. Love that joke. And he's like, "Oh, sorry, distracted." Um, you know, I want to introduce you guys to Vicky. Vicky walks in. Vicky obviously because her name V I C I, so Vicky becomes her name. She enters and he says, "Say hello to my family." And then here, Joe, like you said, she repeats verbatim and goes. Hello to my family. The joke and, 10 seconds later is the opposite of what they said. It's right. just a uh, shoddy. I want to point out, too, the wife thinks it's an actual little girl, which means that's something that he would do is kidnap a little girl. <laughs> he walks out of true. the bedroom with a little girl, and she's like, honey, what are you doing with a baby in the room? She's not like, <laughs> call the fucking police. Give me that child. Well, she does. She drops the pan as soon as she speaks. And um, I did. I think it was a roast. It looked like, which is such sitcom food, right? Like, especially of like older eras. Like, oh, I'm making a roast. Yeah, Ray Barone's mom and, always made roasts. My mom would make a roast every once in a while. As an adult, like ever since I moved out, and I cook a lot. You know, we cook ninety nine percent of the time since I can't really eat takeout. Never made a roast. Oh, it's great. It's pretty simple. Yeah, hey, you're missing out. Yeah, yeah. I just I, I mean, I'm not against roasts. I just it never popped up in my head. Where you're like, you know what I should make tonight? A roast. Maybe I'll make a roast now. You should. It's so easy, you know. It's a nice rump roast. Yeah, get that rump. But hey, can we can we just discuss the actual robot voice for a minute? I just want your your all your thoughts on it because I it's, I would have liked if they use like a modulator or something. Like it's this little girl's clearly just doing like she's doing the best she can, but it's just like it's, it's just it's, funny it's, to me when you consider the the technological or the advanced technological know how you would need to have to create this robot and have it walk around and stuff and you just were like you just gave up on the voice for some reason and <laughs> gave it this monotone like useless voice it just i think it's it just part of the track. joke though she kind of has to have this fake voice and half the jokes are centered around the way she speaks you know and her dry robotic delivery kind of aids to a lot of the comedy in the show so i i can kind of if you just spoke normal, it might not come off the same way. I would yeah. think that that would be more surprising, though, if she did speak normal. Yeah, but then how do, how do they have to... It would be very tough for them to like constantly cover things up if she was so well, close to no, normal at all times. No, because you could also play the trope of, like, she could repeat stuff back. She could still do the exact same thing and do little things, little subtle things, still show that she's a robot. I just don't think it would play big enough. It's like when Michael Scott makes the uh, Threat Level Midnight and they have to finally at the end (laughs) get oil to Dwight to be like, oh, I guess I did make him a robot. Like, you're watching the whole movie and you're like, you have no idea that that's what they're supposed to play because he's not playing it that way, you know? (laughs) During this scene also, there's he's trying to show off some of her capabilities and he tells her like, oh, um, Vicky, what time is it? She goes, at the sound of the tone, the time will be 5.43 and 20 seconds. Beep. It's just, it, it's funny because, like, the way he's showing that off is the same way as, you know, we talked before, like, getting beepers. And, like, when you get new technology and these functionalities that aren't even, like, that impressive. But, <laughs> look, it, she tells time. <laughs> no, that's, that's a good point. Like, she's a watch. 
At one point later, too, he's like, we could even use her as a tape recorder, which is just like the height of technology at the time. <laughs> yeah. Is there anything pro she tape recorder. do? Kelsey came home and I was like, I'm making a mixtape. And there was an eight year old girl next to my room. I probably would get the police called on me. Well, yeah, you especially. I don't want to have any of this. I don't do any of this. I just noticed that a lot of people seem to on sitcoms. Like in the next scene where he says she looks and smells like a little girl. This guy doesn't have daughter child. He says she smells like a little girl. Oh, hold on. Does he know what a little girl smells like? Hold on. What he said was this was Jamie. At that point, so now we have Jamie who's. He's saying, yeah, she looks like a girl and smells like a girl. Not little girl. He just says, looks, you know, commenting on how real she looks. And that's when we find out. I don't that like smells like, like a girl, man. I just don't like that. Can he's I a just... boy and he's saying she smells like a girl. Like, he's a young boy. It's not like the dad's like, she smells just like a real girl. Like, it's. Oh, the dad the, knows. But the it's dad the, did it on purpose. Well, the dad just sprayed perfume on her like you pervert. It's not like. Yeah, he sprayed it, the mother's perfume on her. That's what he means by she smells like a girl. That's exactly, and it's addressed you immediately. <laughs> you are, Joe. Just accept it. That's How the first step. <laughs> Joe, I mean, if you want me to put together an audio reel, I will. Please do. And I will yeah, do this. Please. Okay. I'll... If we can just if we can just simplify this real quick and go over the scene blank without opinion first. Hold on. I just want to. I let's go over what's said. Okay. Jamie looks at her, walks up, because they're roughly the same age. He says, it looks like a real girl and feels like one. Maybe a little weird there. But that's when we find out from the dad that he used some synthetic material that they use for artificial limbs. Then he says, she smells like a girl too. And then dad says, yeah, I just sprayed some of mom's perfume on her. It's not that crazy. He's just creating a girl, put a dress on her, and sprayed perfume. Can we go over? Can I have a sound clip of Jay saying, it's not that crazy. He just created a girl, put some clothes on her, and made her smell like perfume. <laughs> you listening back to that sentence, please. I'll tell oh, you this, though. Something I didn't think about until Jay brought it up just now. Spraying this eight-year-old girl with your wife's perfume is kind of strange. No, it's it's the I girl don't think on, so. It's the lady you're attracted to the most in theory, and you're nah, spraying. I don't. I don't read it that way. He's just in his house. Like, what else is he like? He's just thinking like, oh, I need to make this look more. I, I'm trying to create a. That's true. In Joe's world, this guy's here. got a box full of random colognes and oh, locks. Yeah. Well, I imagine he's, he stopped at like the Sears on the way home. Was like. What do, uh, what do little girls wear for cologne these days? And they're like, yeah. sir, we're going to have to ask you to leave. I will I will say this, and this I found very interesting. Oh, it's this new synthetic material they use for artificial limbs. And I'm like, it's 2022 and we still don't have that. Like artificial limbs now like are, uh, they're more functionable, but they, they look more like robots now than they did then. Right, <laughs> then yeah, they look like kind of really like overgrown amazing, doll parts. Well, that's amazing legs I, and stuff now. And they are like very mechanical. Yeah, they're not meant... To, it's, they're not for aesthetics. They're meant for function. And right. like they, they look more robotic now than they did in the 80s. Well, that's the whole thing is there's no reason for him to make it look like a real person. He's making a robot that assists people with things. There's, uh, like, there's no reason for the prototype to have human skin and look like a little girl, have, have hair, all, all that stuff. Where well, I guess. He could have just had an actual robot walk out. Hey, hey, boss, look at this. Whoa, you're a genius. Like. Yeah. But I guess that would scare kids at the hospital, though. But this is just the prototype. Later on, you can make it look like a big bear. Yeah, but you're showing the full <laughs> I don't capability. Know if kids are like that anymore. You're trying to show fully what it's capable of being when you're presenting this. But Gordo, 
Can I jump in here? Because my whole problem with this is that the dad says, I programmed her to know everything that a 10-year-old girl knows. So first of all, that's kind of weird. Um, second of all, if you can program her, why would you only program her abilities up to a 10-year-old and not like to be a doctor or to be something useful? Because being a 10-year-old girl or an 8-year-old girl or however old she is... Is totally useless. Is useless. <laughs> yeah. Not to that that's guy. A, that's a really good point, actually. Yeah. Well, you're also... I guess you're also testing its limitations early on, Maybe though. that's why his boss was like, get the fuck out. Like, why did you build a 10-year-old <laughs> yeah. girl? We need something way more advanced than this. Like, well, We paid AI... you a million dollars to find a better way to put car doors on at the factory, <laughs> and for some reason, you came up with one 10-year-old just... girl. Picture them who smells like your wife. Get the fuck out. <laughs> clean out your laundry. Dragging, your dragging him out of the office. Like, but yeah. it's a tape recorder too. <laughs> you don't understand. Ask her the time. <laughs> so right. here's here. All right. Here's when I start getting the dad might be a serial killer. And Nick, you said earlier it's not like he has a bunch of hair. He does have a bunch of hair <laughs> because true, yeah. because then he goes look and it has real human hair. And he takes the wig off and you get the gag of him pulling the wig off her head and you just see her like, you know, like a bald cap on now. And um, I, like, I, I just imagine you go down to their basement and they have the well from Silence of the Lambs. Yeah. <laughs> like, where did I went Ted down there to get... pick out human fingernails to put on her so she looks even more real. Where did Ted get human hair? Yeah, that's weird that he, and that's so much of it. Andy styled it. He styled and, like, it. it. <laughs> Yeah, he's got other skills. He's pretty good at the styling. But I do like the RoboCop hat reveal when they pull the wig off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Also, that's not going to be very functional. If you can pull a wig off that easily, that girl's going to walk outside and it's going to be like whoosh, a light breeze is going to take yeah. her off, and then she's just a little skinhead walking around, and that's not going to be good for the neighborhood either. And maybe that's a defense mechanism to keep the dad away. And then after this display of the human hair, he asks his wife, "How do you like it?" And she goes, suddenly I like the idea of having another child in the house. He goes, yeah, only this time I gave birth. <laughs> what? Also, to go back to your hair thing, he says, would you prefer a redhead? Like, so he has more hair. Yeah. yeah. He has other like, hair. More There's hair. other options. <laughs> Sorry, that just hit me late. I'm just like, yeah. No, thank you. I didn't even. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Fucking serial killer. Maybe he just has a hair dealer. But. <laughs> Went to his hair guy. <laughs> I got a hair guy. Yeah. Um, Jamie, the son asks about like, how, like, how do you use her? And like the dad goes into like all this really very extreme detail about the technology in her, which, you know, it was too much to write down or fact check. I assume most of it was made up anyways. It's just like computer jargon. It's very, yeah, it's a, a lot of detailed jargon. And then he tells them to treat her like a regular child. She's programmed to know anything and be able to do anything a normal 10 year old can do. Again, useless. Again, yeah, completely useless if you want to send her to a hospital for, like, kids with disabilities. Hold on, I'll say this. Also, it's not a true statement because it doesn't know how to do anything without being told. Right, but you're correct. I will say this. If you dissect the actual line he said, though, it just says that she's programmed to know anything and be able to do anything a normal 10-year-old can do. Didn't say only can do what a 10-year-old can do. As far as she looks like a 10-year-old girl, can I treat her like a 10-year-old girl? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. It never necessarily said limited to that. But again, writing here is like 
to dissect this writing where this 10-year-old boy talks like a 70-year-old man. I mean, <laughs> it is what it is. Yeah, I like the idea of the little kid. His goal, he like pulls a cigar out and he's like, I'm taking you down to the track, Toots. Nice You're to gonna meet help you, me kid. figure out which which Philly's the fastest. You're gonna oh, get me real dad, rich you made one your day. Wife, eh? <laughs> Use your That's robot when the baby Roger Rabbit rolls in. <laughs> Go ahead, Stogie. Pick me a winner there, kid. Uh so Jamie introduces himself to Vicky and shakes her hand and he like winks at her and she winks back and he goes, Wow. And she goes, wow. And now the wink and wow thing become an ongoing thing throughout this episode. And I assume beyond that, I feel like that's probably her catchphrase calling card thing. I'm surprised you didn't do your Ben Stein wow right there. I was waiting for it. I was doing the Vicky wow instead. Wow. <laughs> I prefer the Ben Stein wow. But then Jamie asks if he can keep her in the cabinet with his other toys. Ted says, yeah, that's fine. Jones that seems like, weird and cruel. Well, here's the thing. Joan's like, you can't leave a child in the cabinet. Ted's like, well, she's not a child. It's an it. You just said treat her exactly like a real child. So, you know, lock her in a cabinet yeah. like he does with his other <laughs> little his girls basement, that he brings yes. home. I wish that was the twist at the end. A whole room full of Vickies. If you look at him, if you look at the dad, by the way, he looks like he could be the father of the guy who plays Dexter. Yeah, that's true. Is that James Remar? But um, as he's explaining that, you know, she's not a she, she's an it, he goes and turns around and, like, reveals, like, the circuitry in her back and, like, pulls, like, the flap up and you see that little, uh, like, looks like a little what, like, motherboard from a computer? Yeah, yeah, looks like RAM. And Jamie goes, she's got wires inside instead of gizzards. Kids don't talk like that. <laughs> no. no. Kids aren't like, I'm full of gizzards. Kids are like, I'm full of Slim Jims. And no one says I'm full of gizzards. <laughs> I thought only chickens have gizzards. You know, I don't, I'll, I'm not going to pretend yeah. I know I'm not sure, the, yeah, all the correct know. time when gizzards are present in something. If we have any gizzard experts out there, please <laughs> yeah, chime, in so. on, chime in on the Instagram. During this, we see Harry at the neighbor peeking through the window so she's seeing what's going on what and a puncher that's she's, creepy she's that's very creepy. she's very she's a snoop and she's like she doesn't hide it because there's multiple scenes where she looks in the window and will just stay there for long periods of time and just How watch everything of, doing. the amount of money i would pay to just watch gordo get body slammed by an idiot <laughs> more than well, i have in my i don't think we account, can do yeah. that but i'm pretty sure we might be able to reach out uh on cameo and get him body slammed by a 45 year old again happy birthday <laughs> i will throw in so much on that if anyone sees the extreme irony and uh, again we peel back all the time G- gordo's one of the biggest senses on this show but had spent the entire episode talking about talking about how much he wants to beat up a 10 year old girl <laughs> Um, She's just annoying. There's other ways to handle that. Oh, that's, you don't have to... that would hold up in that would hold up in court. <laughs> oh yeah, why'd you punch that ten year old girl? Oh, because she was annoying. Oh, okay. oh, you're just famous. She was annoying. Defense. We gotta show this to your wife to make sure uh, kids maybe don't come around. <laughs> That'd be fine. As long as ha- Halloween's right around the corner, guys. Skip that house. <laughs> don't, well, at least don't be annoying if you're a girl and you want candy from Gordo. Don't if you're not annoying, there. you get a full-size Snickers. If you are so, annoying, I punch you in the nose. These are your two options. Happy Halloween. Uh, no, they got a can of beans. Some poor like, little girl dressed as Pippi Longstocking. Chicken <laughs> has a moment. <laughs> I give out full canned 
beans at my house. There's going to be a girl. Do you that really? Knocks- yeah. <laughs> Side note: When I lived with an old roommate of mine, um, I don't want to say his name because I don't know if he's cool with it or not, but. You guys know him. Uh, we forgot it was Halloween because we were smoking so much weed. And we kept hearing knocks at the door. And we were like, what the fuck is that? We get up and there's all these kids holding out their bags. So we ran. He runs into the kitchen and he goes, Goro, I don't know what, what else we got. And he goes, we have beans. And I run out. And we go, do you want the honey baked beans or the green beans? And the mother and the children are just looking at us going like this and going, we'll just go to the next house. I would have egged the shit out of your house. I hope you turned the porch light off after that to avoid the scenario from happening a second time. We did. We did. And Ferg, to your point, someone did tomato his car. (laughs) I feel like that's unrelated to the Halloween. I just want to go back real quick, and I envision, you know, a couple months from now, a little girl, it's Halloween, she gets a costume to dress up like the Wendy's girl. She knocks on Gordo's door, instantly triggered, cocks his fist back. Father of said girl beats the ever-living shit out of him. <laughs> no, the little girl beats the living shit out of him. <laughs> I was like, girl, I don't know how good your presence day is going to be when they're like... What did you do? But like, I killed a man. What did you do? I punched an eight-year-old girl in the face because she was dressed like Wendy from Wendy's. What little girl dresses up as Wendy for Halloween? I'm sure somebody does. It's a pretty iconic. What if you love the Baconator? Who doesn't? I mean, who doesn't love who the doesn't Baconator? Love the Baconator? Yeah. yeah. Arteries. Yeah. <laughs> Every part of your body except for your tongue yeah. hates the Baconator. Uh, I want to point out, because we've gone on a bit. Um, Harriet, as she's snooping and sees what's going on in the door, sees that Jamie asks Vicky, like, come on, let's go, and points to the door, but she walks into the wall, and, yeah, because she's not quite right, you know, she's still coming into being programmed and has some bugs to work out. So she sees this girl, for the first time, walk straight into a wall, so something's flagging already to her, something's off. And when she turns around... They ask her if she's okay, and something's wrong with her voice box now, and she just keeps going like, I'm okay, I'm okay, I'm okay, like in this high-pitched voice, and now the dad's worried that he's going to have to go back and, you know, recircuit the whole thing, I'm going to have to take her apart. He's so excited about having to joint by joint take this little girl apart again. He's a science nerd, he's just excited at the, the idea that he has all this work to do, probably. But in any event, Jamie's like, I got it. And he slaps her in the back, and you hear a record scratch noise. Uh, They do use sound effects a lot if you hadn't picked up on it uh, to this point, but that was like a really obvious one. I tracked this one, too. I was like, oh, is she? are we to believe that she's got a actively running record player inside of her at this point? Okay, in in all fairness, that's how we fixed Nintendo games in 1985, all right? Yeah, no, it's Right, but Duck Hunt never went, (laughs) when you hit it. No, Maybe Tiger Helly. <laughs> That's why she has to walk so straight and upright. It's because if she tilts too much, it's going to throw the record off balance. It's like having our old, like, when we first got portable CD players, those early, like, um, oh, the, the early first ones. Disc mans. The first Discmans? Yeah, like, yeah. before the Sony Walkman one came out, like, <laughs> that had. Like this with them. And you would, like, walk like you were just holding a pizza, and you were so desperately afraid that it was going to tip over. Yeah, any little step would make it skip. 
I just then, think, a, like, then a moth would fart and your your, your yeah. song would stop. <laughs> I just remember like so vividly like walking to high school with you guys when we were kids and just so carefully like having like you had to, it take it takes like twice as long to walk to school because you had to be so careful to not let your um, disc man skip. Yeah, you're doing baby steps at that point. You're like too worried about tripping off the curb or anything. Then they would have like these features like 30 second electronic skip protection, which doesn't mean anything. No. Like if you turned it on no. or off, it didn't change anything. There's like a little button under where the CD went where it was like, turn on disc skip protection. Like, I don't think this is doing anything different. Yeah, like, what does it do? Does it make the disc spin different? No, you know what that actually did was, is it the discman would read ahead and then play the audio that it read ahead so you couldn't skip it. But if you skipped for more than 30 seconds, it was going to record the skip and play that to you instead. So it didn't really do anything. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) that's one of those things, too, where like by the end, like by the last time I ever had a disc man, they were so good. Like the technology caught up where they were like, you could throw this in the air, shoot it. It will come back down. It won't have a nick on it. It'll play perfectly. And then like a day later, Steve Jobs was like, here is the iPod. And like (laughs) Sony was like, oh, fuck me. We figured this thing out finally. I know because that like that. Remember, like it was like the red one that came out. I it have, worked, we used to have that all the time. It yeah. worked so well. It was like they finally made one that I could walk Actually, and listen to a CD. And it worked in cars, too. Like, it wouldn't skip in a car. You could put it on the dashboard or, like, on yeah. your seat plugged into the thing. If and you remember, the in between those two things was the mini disc, which really yes. got shit on. <laughs> the, the, oh, I mean, the technology yeah. behind the mini disc was actually good, but iPods came out and they were just, like, totally irrelevant at that point. So many of these weird things that came out, like HD DVDs that came out, they were like out for like, I don't know, six months and then Blu-rays came out and that was over. No, they were out at the same time. They were battling and uh, Blu-ray just happened to win. Oh, it was like the uh, Betamax VHS wars? Basically. Yeah, I don't think I know a single person who had a mini disc player. When I used to to work at that company that recycled electronics, they'd come in all the time and like mini discs would come in too, but like they didn't produce a lot of them. I was going to say, they didn't produce a lot, but I don't think I know of anybody who owned it back when it, like bought it was new. time appropriate. We, we all knew someone who had one in his car, but I don't know if he'd want us to say his name. But Was it like external, though? It wasn't built into the car. Yeah, it was just an external mini okay. display on top. I was going to say, there's thing. no way that like Chrysler or somebody was like... The brand new, you know, the brand new LeBaron now with a built-in mini disc player. Like the worst selling car of the year. Go with the LeBaron. <laughs> I always think of LeBaron's because of Freddy Got Fingered. I only see one LeBaron Freddy. <laughs> Moving forward, um, the last thing that happened before the scene breaks is that Ted tells Jamie that this is like top secret. Don't tell anyone, especially Harriet, because her dad works at the same company that he works for. Again, why? There's no reason to keep this a secret. Well, he already showed his boss, but he, who knows what the dialogue was? Maybe don't work on this or... Maybe there's, you're not allowed to do certain things at home. Who knows? Or maybe he doesn't want him to steal information because he's the one creating it. So he doesn't want like this his like neighbor to use his information and create something for like replicate it. I, I was will thinking, say, though, part of this, I feel like, is the setup for like if the show gets picked up, you're going to have not just the wacky neighbor girl next door. You'll have the wacky neighbor parents, which is what this show had. And it had the best wacky neighbor parents ever. And I'm very sad they're not in this episode. Because the mom, Harriet's mom, is Edie McClurg from, speaking of John Hughes, from, like, Ferris Bueller, you know, uh, Trains, Planes, and Automobiles. You're fucked. 
like that redheaded <laughs> woman who was just like in every 80s movie she's oh, amazing Ed. <laughs> and then um i can't remember the actor's name who plays uh the next door neighbor dad who they're like in the whole show but he's the guy from Chappelle show who hosts all the like frontline segments oh uh, okay. with, like, yeah, clayton yeah, yeah. bigsby and okay. all that stuff and he's yep. like that's the reporter guy that's the neighbor dad who like he's afraid of telling so like really interesting casting that i'm like i wish they showed up in this i would have loved to have seen uh edie mcclurg um but yeah and as we know though harriet does already know about this because she's been peeping through the window uh next scene jamie's in bed we're in his bedroom and the alarm goes off he gets out of bed checks the cabinet where vicky is to see if she's there she sleeps like a conehead standing straight up yeah and um you referenced <laughs> the light before that those fake traffic lights are very of the times because i noted at the time because it was just one of those i feel like if you look at a lot of shows from back then if it was like the cool teenagers room they'd always have that thing in the room have you ever picked up a real traffic light that size before? Like an actual one that's hanging on the street? Not an actual one. They're no. huge. They're yeah. huge and they weigh so much. Oh, I'd yeah. imagine. They we, look uh, smaller a, than they actually are. Not the, I mean, maybe the newer ones are, but I mean, maybe 10 no, They have to be ago. big enough for people like people to see from like half a mile eyesight. away. You got to remember yeah. how far up they're suspended. Well, well, it's not even that's that, I, I mean. don't think. I think they're heavy for wind purposes. Like, if they also, were light LED weighted, panels yeah. or whatever, they would just be floating around out right. there, so. Um, but, yeah, I always wanted one of those things as a kid, so it's funny that, like, I don't know, Joe, it flagged you as, like, weird when you saw it, but for me, it was, like, nostalgic when I saw it. And I do love Oh, man, I always wanted one. His room has all the weird stuff that kids, like, you'd see in kids' catalogs where it's, like, the ruler that's six feet tall. Or, yeah. Like, it's a crayon, but it's as big as your door or whatever. Like, there's no I practical play. But there's no practical play purpose with a crayon that big. No, it was a bank. It's a Those bank. Usually banks, it holds yeah. money. Oh, they were actually banks? Yeah, yeah, you just toss all your change in them. Oh. And because it's so huge, by the time it's full, you have about $7,000. <laughs> you can go to college. Well, you have a weapon for burglars. Yeah. So uh, when Jamie opens the door, he goes, hi, Vicky, open your eyes. It's tomorrow. And she goes, it's tomorrow. And Jamie, by the way, it was mentioned earlier, amazing gremlins pajamas. Oh, they're so awesome. Kind of weird when you look back, right? How like that became such an iconic image and for a lot of kids stuff, too. But that movie's not for kids at all. Gremlins I, is the reason why we have our current uh, rating system because it was put out as PG and it traumatized children, and so then they they made what we have now with PG thirteen and and rated R. Oh, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah, but I mean, think of all the eighties properties, right? Like I have the Rambo cartoon. You ever watch any Rambo? Movie? The first Rambo movie is about a soldier with PTSD killing cops, and they're like, "Here's a cartoon." <laughs> like, wait, what? What? A RoboCop, same thing. Robocop, everything got a cartoon in the eighties, though. In fairness, everything. Yeah, Toxic Avenger, but the Toxic Police Crusaders. Academy, <laughs> Police yeah. Academy, yeah, Police Academy. There's a blow, like there's two separate like people under the stairs blowjob scenes. One of which is made to be like a gay joke, and they were like, "Make it a fucking cartoon." <laughs> it's kind of, it's almost like genius in a way, though, because they got all these properties that like your parents would like and made a cartoon version, so they wouldn't mind watching it with you. That's true. And they also made action figures, too. Oh, they made so much money off of those. Because every one of the cartoons had tons of toys. When I look back at, like, the late 80s, early 90s, the thing I always think about is everything had a cartoon and everything had a cereal. Yeah. Everything had its own cereal back then. It was crazy. I don't know why that was, like, the thing, but everything had a cereal. 
I miss everything having a cereal. I don't really care if things have cartoons or not, but it would be really All the cool. cereals were the same thing that would just change like the the disgusting piece to be like it was shaped just slightly a different. Shape. Sometimes not this, even. Sometimes it would literally be a different uh, box. This great podcast I used to listen to, they stopped doing it now. It was called Saturday Movie Sleepovers. I'm sure that you can still listen to all the episodes, but they did like a really long one on Batman 1989. All oh, the one that they, came with the bank? Uh, the, yeah, the cereal though. I had cereal, that bank. that cereal came with the Batman yeah. bank. I had that bank forever. Yeah, but they got a sealed box of it, so then they started eating it on air, which is like thirty-five years old at this point. And La I Beast the best did that too. I was going to say the same thing. La Beast, if you're not familiar with, check I'm out not. La Beast on YouTube. He, I'll he send it always to you. buys it, and he'll tell you how much he spent on eBay for these. Like he <laughs> same video he ate Urkelos and stuff like that. It's got to be so bad for your guts. It's terrible. Uh, yeah. He finds bugs in one, and he still oh. eats it. Oh. The one thing I liked about that podcast, though, was they eat a bunch of it, and they're talking about how gross it is or whatever. So then, like, 40 minutes later in the episode, they're, like, going on about Batman or whatever, and, like, slightly in the background, you hear, like, <laughs> like, the dude went back for more, but not as a joke. He was just snacking on it. Like, I thought that was such a great gag. Like, just still eating this shit. But actually, speaking of that, you know that we have a really good podcast, friends of ours, that do something similar. So yeah, um, they do a. You'll hear in the ad, but they do a like a snack review. So um, yeah, vintage yeah. snacks. So uh, here, yeah, go ahead and listen to that right now. Hi everyone, my name is Megan. And I'm Steve, and together we host the Stop Ruining My Childhood podcast. A sometimes nostalgic, sometimes cynical, always humorous look back at pop culture. Join us as we rewatch cartoons, movies, and live action TV of the 80s and 90s and ask the question Does this hold up, or did I just ruin my childhood? Each week we talk about our childhood memories and dig into the history of everything we watch, sharing fun facts about how things were made and how they were received at the time more importantly we always start our show with a nostalgic snack review which is really our favorite part episodes drop every thursday on podbean apple google spotify audible youtube really wherever you get your podcasts so like subscribe and follow and revisit your favorite childhood memories with us all the links to listen are on our website stop yeah, so um, yeah, that's the Stop Ruining Our Childhood podcast. Give them a listen. Um, friends of the show, so shout out to them. Jamie says, you know, we have a lot of work to, to do today. And he sits on his bed and he starts pointing out all his dirty laundry and asks Vicky to throw them in the laundry basket. Again, crowd goes fucking nuts. They think this is hilarious. This little shithead has a fucking person at his command to do anything he wants. And he's like, next we're going to make my bed. You say how hard it is to just pull covers up. He's like, I'll have her do it. I wish it just it cuts to six months later and he's obese in his bed. <laughs> yeah, he kept, give me, give me my snacks. And like, I would have been like, Dad's car keys are here. If we're Thelma and Louise in this thing. Did you notice that right at this point, this is when Harriet again sneaks up, only now she's looking in the bedroom window and just she just sits there and she just it's a little creepy, yeah. Yeah, she doesn't make yeah. any she just watches forever each time she does it. I'm not kink shaming. She likes to watch. It's weird because seconds like earlier, she he was changing. He makes the robot turn around so he can change. Well, no, that's that. Yeah, it's coming up in a a moment. I thought we skipped that. No, 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 no. Well, Harriet knows at what time every morning to catch him hanging dong. That's why she sneaks over there every morning. Do you think that was secretly the reason she she sneaks over this time? I mean, she does come over to play with him. Maybe she does have a crush on him. 
She might. She's I the neighbor. I think she does. I think we get the. I think you get from this episode that she has a crush on him. Yeah, I think she she likes him. He doesn't like her. Doesn't like her as yeah. the story goes. Um. So yeah, she's just kind of watching in the window, and I thought that was kind of a good thing though because if she's always peeping through the windows like this, now you're gonna have someone who's always present who's probably gonna catch serial killer Ted in the act one day because you <laughs> always have true. someone like peeping over. Yeah. Yeah, but then he's going to turn around one day and see her, and we're going to be in a real the stepfather scenario. And then all of a sudden, Vicky's hair is just red pigtails <laughs> the next day. <laughs> I got you some new hair. And <laughs> Jamie tells Vicky it's his parents' 11th anniversary and asks if she knows what marriage is. And she goes, yes, it's when a man and woman get married and they have babies. So first, terrible definition you're using the word in the definition, which is the ultimate no-no. She's a terrible also, robot. Also, that's just not what marriage – like, what's marriage? It's when a man and woman get married. Okay, <laughs> sure. Yeah. And then that's, they have babies. Okay. Aside from the implication that, like, that doesn't play now, right, because the definition of marriage is such a different Oh, thing. yeah, it's a lot more open. But, yeah, but, but not, in general. I thought the same I, thing. I'd like to think that everybody, everybody listening to this understands that we're not talking about that. What we're talking about here is that that was just the shittiest, like, Webster dictionary style. No, it wouldn't even <laughs> be Marriage Webster. is when you get married. It's like, oh, thank you. Salt is salty. I'm so glad that we got to hear this <laughs> Go, from Gordo, you, I have to ask. Can you just give me the actual definition of marriage? I'm, I'm a... Uno momento. Hold on. Yep. Pause for the cause. It is the legally or formally recognized union of two people as partners in a personal relationship, historically and in some jurisdictions. In the jurisdiction. Specifically a union between a man and a woman. That's really in the definition still. Actually, that's not the definition. The definition is the joining of two metals together by heating the surfaces <laughs> to the point of melting. <laughs> that is a great sleeper office joke, Nick. I thank owe you, you a you. beer. Well done. It says, or a combination of mixture or two or more elements. Mowage. Mowage. Every gag we can. But yes, it does say... In, in Google, first thing, uh, under the noun, it does say historically and in and in some jurisdictions, specifically a union between man and woman, which I don't think is correct. And That's a not, little more open these days, yes. But um, yeah, just two people. Just to just to put that out there, right? So we're not assholes. <laughs> oh, you're a pretty big asshole. I am. I, I just want to slap little children. I don't want to. Yeah, I don't hate people. Episode of, I want to punch this little girl. Look, we're not assholes, everybody. So anyways, he asks if his dad programmed her how they have babies. And she goes, I do not have that information. He's like, yeah, I can't get it out of him either. Why are so many. I bet, so he, I bet many... she does have that information. But like Robocop, there's like secret rule number five, which she's not allowed to say. <laughs> it's a directive five. I just don't understand why this episode, why they wrote so much sex stuff in it. It just doesn't. Because it was written by people who are not equipped to write for children. Like that's all it was. Well, like, be... And granted, it's not a children's show per se, even though the main character is like around this younger girl. It's not technically a children's show. It's It's a family sitcom. Meant for like all ages, but just a lot. Like, can, for all the episodes we've done, this just has a lot of sexual references for a show that's not very sexual. Yeah. So it was very. What odd. network was this on? It was it was first run like syndication. It's different. 
So the show's made, and then it's just basically sold to whoever wants it okay. and can air it. Mama's family was like that as well. Right. Uh, my question is, is that I would think that this is a children's show. I'm you with just you said there. that it wasn't. I don't. I don't view it as, as a children's show. That wasn't the target. I this do. would have been a show that if this was on ten years later would have been on like TGIF. So it's meant for the whole family to watch. It's not meant for just kids. Yeah, so, so the one of the other like lead writers for this show. Um, what was, did he end up doing? Porn? Uh, no, but <laughs> like, he did. He never really wrote like a children's show. Like his name, uh, Warren S. Murray. This was his last writing credit, but he did things. I like, <laughs> wonder what he did. Uh, That's it. The Bill Warren, Cosby, you're out of here. <laughs> that Bill Cosby show, That Girl, <laughs> Room Twenty Two, The New Dick Van Dyke Show, um, All in the Family. Uh, happy days, facts of life. So he never did anything like child based, and it shows. Like yeah, but facts of life though in his first season, they're they're like that's, young. That, they are very young. True, yeah, but it's not geared. But again, that's not a kids show. There's just a lot of kids in it, and I don't view this as a kids show either. It's a show that kids and parents alike are meant to watch together. Oh, I got it as a complete children's show. No, because it wasn't. That's not where it was like run. It wasn't run on like Saturday morning, but. I don't know anything about the future run of the show. I'm only basing it off of this one episode that I saw, and it's centered around the two children mainly. So that's what gives me that vibes. I'm with Gordo. I understand what Jay is saying, that this becomes a family sitcom, but this pilot feels more gauged towards just the kids, not the whole family. Yeah, but that's like I saying like you'd think Unhappily Ever After was a, a kid's show because there's a stuffed bunny and this kid's on that. But it's not. It's a dirty, raunchy comedy. <laughs> it, well, the, the material was completely different. Yeah, I mean, it's really a different compare. tone. You know right away from that show what that is. This one, well, you know from is... this show right away because instantly you got a horny mother in the first two minutes. I mean, I guess that's true, which is weird because I feel like only kids would be watching this at the beginning and they would just would have no idea what was happening. Like, what I love robots. Oh, I'm horny, Frank. Yeah, I love robots. This seems like a whole lot of talk about where babies come from all of a sudden. All right, shit. <laughs> I'm trying to think of like other shows that we've covered though that are like there are kids is kind of like the main characters other than like a Saved by the Bell and things we, that we were... haven't covered it, but I I would make a comparison hey, to Alf. Okay, and that wasn't considered like a kids show. No, yeah, I would say this seems similar to Alf. What about Harry and the Hendersons? I think that's that tracks. Yeah, that's very similar. I think. But yeah. Harry and the Hendersons is a kids show. Like, um, how about like Fresh Off the Boat, right? So on Fresh Off the Boat, like, Eddie, he's the main focal point of that show. I wouldn't consider that, like, a kid's yeah. show. Yeah, but this writing style is completely different. Yeah. Uh, well, this isn't written as a kid's show. We're talking about how this is not written as a kid's show. But it's written, yeah, but, you know, it's also written like uh, an old man from the 1950s would talk, so therefore it... Doesn't make it a kid's show by default. yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It kind of does because it's dated for like 1985. You know, it's in my we, opinion. We, like you fine. wouldn't go gee golly, you know, Willikers and stuff like that. Like that's like kind of how I felt like the kid talked. And I feel like that's like a throwback of past years. Yeah. But I, I again, I, to me, that doesn't make it a kid, a kid show. It just makes it like an old it, it dates the show even more. It takes it further away from kids. Because a kid's going to hear another kid say that and not relate to him because that's not how children talk. An yeah, adult but, will hear those terms and be more connected to it than a kid would. Ah, but you see the, the <laughs> but by having a child use it, throws it back to what 
people perceive as a more innocent time. Yeah, but again, that's not for a kid to perceive as like, oh, I can connect with this child. It's but it's safe. It's yeah, like, that's not the, that's not what we're debating. We're not debating if it's safe speak. It's just I just don't view it as something that's okay. a, a children's. But we're we've kind of we're talking about that quite a bit, and you know we have a, a little bit more to cover here in the episode. He then tells her, "Listen, I have to get changed. You know, I know you're a robot, but you're a girl robot." And I don't even let my mom see me in my underwear. So can you just turn your head? Being a robot, she takes that very literally in her head. You get the shot of her head just physically spin all the way like Exorcist style around. Good CGI, would... by the way, on this. <laughs> no, not good CGI. On this. I mean, for 1985? For, for what it is, for I the mean, low... Cons- bu- uh, again, we've, we've had this discussion. Star Wars came out in the 70s. And budget. You have to bear in mind budget. Oh, no, I for understand, this, but what I'm saying movie is the technology exists, and they're not using it. <laughs> I think we see shows that come out much later that use these same FYI, basic effects. This uh, in the trivia on IMDb for this, the first season of this show had a three hundred thousand dollar per episode budget. That's actually which is crazy for that time. Excessive for that time. Yeah. What does well, robots that are equal? expensive? Yeah. Nick, you're our inflation guy. What does that equal? Um, just from what we've done in the past, I would say that's probably pushing 800000 around now. I can look it up, but that's what I would guess. But I Where would did say the money the go? There's that nothing is... that looked expensive on this show. Maybe not in this first episode because the pilot might have been filmed as a pilot. So you know, not knowing if the show is already... Well, it's first-run syndication, too, so I don't know all the yeah. details. It makes it a little different. $826,000 know. in today's okay. money. Wow, so you were wicked close. <laughs> yeah. But if you think of Weird Al, think, think of um, UHF, right? The movie UHF. That's 1989. They do a practical effect of Weird Al doing the Exorcist thing. So not even digital, practical around the exact same time. And it looks a thousand times better than this and probably cost... A fraction. Oh, I'm sure. I mean, what they not paid to say to there's not better time. ways like, to do it. It looks so bad. But I think, in for the context of, especially like what you're expecting as the viewer, you don't need it to look ultra realistic. Especially, not that in 1985 you couldn't do better, but I think people then are preconditioned that there's plenty of things that don't look better, so it's not as important as it yeah. is to us today. That's but, true. Um, there's less um, to compare to, and. Yeah, we're comparing to, like, the top things that ever came out that did these special effects. We say, oh, Titanic did this, and Star Wars did that. But most things that came out in that era look like that. You know, they don't All they had to do was have her turn her head to about her shoulder, stop the camera, put a different outfit on it, which is just backwards clothes, turn it the rest of the way, pause it again, and then spin her head the rest of the way. Yeah, of course there was ways to go. And it would have looked better than this. And it would have been free. It and if you guys cost them anything, and if you caught it though, while that's happening, Harriet in the window, like his like mouth completely open because yeah, she's Harriet witnessing sees this happen. From there, we go to the next scene, which is now the two kids in the kitchen who are about to make breakfast for their parents, because the whole thing is it's their anniversary. We're gonna make them breakfast in bed, and it starts with him, uh, Jamie, trying to explain to Vicky what an egg is. She holds the egg and obviously crushes it, and you know it's the, he. Luckily, he pulls that bowl out pretty quick, actually. So he gets the bowl right under, and um, you know, the egg goes why, right. Why in. would she crush the egg? She does hasn't done a single thing without being ordered to the whole episode. So why would her reaction be <laughs> squish this egg? To just squeeze yeah. something? I'm sure that's a feature that the dad does not enjoy. Like if this was something she Stop. did, she she would she oh. would break every door handle, everything she grabbed because she would test things like 
Well, now she's learning about the importance of being delicate. Um, what I thought was funny was, so after she crushes that egg in her hand, he gives her a towel and he's like, here, wipe your hands and give it back. Like, <laughs> it was so important. Like, make sure I get this towel. Don't you take it back to your cabinet. <laughs> like, <laughs> I want shitty sticky egg hands too, lady. Give yeah. me back the fucking towel. And as she's wiping her hands as I'm knocking at the door, Harriet's back. And she asked about who the the new little girl is in the house. And Jamie's like, well, little girl, the one that got here yesterday, the weird one. And then Vicky walks up to return this all important towel. And Jamie introduces her as his sister. And Harriet's like, no way. It takes nine months to have a sister. I thought that comment borderline, because it doesn't mean that she knows any details, but she does know it's a nine month process. But also, she wouldn't be the same age. Well, yeah, obviously. Um, She's the biggest nine-month-old I've ever seen in yeah. my life. And then he, but he pivots. He goes, "Oh, um, no, actually, Vicky's my cousin. She's leaving today, though." And then slams the door on Harriet again. And Frank, you mentioned it before. She like goes flying this time because she's like halfway <laughs> in the house when he shuts it. She like gets pushed out of the door completely this like, time. Uh, apparently, the director felt the same way about Harriet as Gordo does. Because <laughs> yeah, she just beats the shit out of this poor little girl with doors. The and, one uh, part of the show I actually liked. And then he tells Vicky, you know, you know, you're not supposed to be here. If anyone ever asks, tell them you're my cousin. Okay. And why she would goes, he? Why would he trap himself though and say she's leaving today? Like right. he was thinking on the fly. She's gonna see. She clearly always spies on them. Yeah. She's staying she with knew, us for like, a little while. Yeah, just don't give an open thing. You know, you don't need details in your lie. Keep everything open ended, so you don't get caught later. How about you just slam the door on her and say, "Get lost," or get and, these hands. And I, I need to go back, guys. You you pivoted midline, so it's gonna make it weird to bring this back up. But after he says, "You're my cousin," okay, she goes. I'm your cousin, okay? <laughs> and then he says, oh, you're funny. And she's he like, was like, wait, no, no, no. Next time, say you're my step cousin. We can no. have a lot more fun in this Relax. house. Relax, they're 10. They're 10. She asks if he likes her. And he's like, yeah, but you're too serious. You got to lighten up, kid. Again, intentionally having him talk, I think, at this point. Because just saying, like, you got to lighten up, kid. That's just not how a 10-year-old boy is going to talk. But he says, um, you got to be a loosey-goosey there, fella. Oh, says, I like this uh, kid. He's got a good hat on his shoulder. He says, do you ever smile? And she says, I'm not programmed to smile. He's like, all right, I'll program you. And he smiles at her very wide and like really cheeses at her. And then she smiles back. She has a very kind of uncomfortable smile. But um, he then gives her the instructions on how they're going to be presenting this breakfast to their parents and what to say. But first he needs to put on some water for coffee, which is weird because it was an instant coffee because it was just like a teapot. Uh, he probably a pour over. Yeah. Well, no, so it was, uh, uh, the water was coming from one of those jugs, and it had a, a cold and hot thing. Maybe he was just going to use the hot water. Yeah, but even then, like it's coffee, just not. Like he said, "Yeah, I mean, I guess it could be a pour over, but um, in any event, I, I was like, that's not how I make coffee. But despite that, he this um, scene right here, they use nothing but practical effects. Yes. In the head spinning scene, they have to use like the nascent CGI. I don't understand why they're doing They're picking different battles here. Who knows? I mean, maybe for argument's sake, and I don't think that they really did think about it this deeply, but maybe they were trying all different things to see what looks best, where it is a pilot. So maybe like which, which works best for us. 
you know, are we going to go practical? Are we going to go with special effects? Like, how's the way to, to make this work? But yeah, so what happens is Jamie walks up to the water bubbler that they have. And uh, is that just regional, by the way? I know there's always these memes where it's like bubbler. Like, what do most people is say? Us. Bubbler is regional. Yeah, I think bubbler yeah. is what, regional. What is it? So water just water fountain. cooler? Water cooler, yeah. Water cooler, cooler. a fountain. So, um, yeah, fountain's so, yeah. what they always said at school, though. Like, it was always, I'm getting a drink at the water fountain. Well, the water fountain's like the metal one that spits up at you. Yeah. Yeah. I'll just call it a water dispenser. Water cooler. <laughs> water cooler works. So they walk up to the water cooler. He's going to fill the coffee pot thing there. But it's empty. And, I mean, he could have used the sink, but sure. Um, and he who's, goes, who's oh. the I, asshole that um, finished the water and didn't change the thing? Yeah. yeah it's really probably he who tops it, drops it. Sort well, of scenario. It, it, it's like a dad, only, like, not taking the trash Maybe out typically only dad can pick it up. So if, you know, if Jamie or his mom were the ones to finish it, then they would wait till dad fixes it later. I mean, those things are really, very heavy. really yeah. heavy. Um, But he can't. So now the, the new one's on the ground. And he's trying to pick it up and he can't. He's like, oh, we're going to have to wait for dad. Again, I just think you could have just used the sink at this point if you're going to boil the water anyways, but that's right, fine. Right, the heat is the... Yeah, it's going to clean that up, but he goes, um, okay, time to get going, Vicky, move it. And she goes, move it. And she then picks the water jug up with one arm, and she's, like, holding it, like, straight out. Like, like a 90-degree angle. She has her arm, like... Yeah, she's out. walking very weirdly with it, but, um, you know, and then Jamie's shocked by this, and, you know... <laughs> You said to move it. He goes, put it down. And then she drops it. It's funny. When she picks it up, it's very clear that it's now empty. It's you so know? obvious. She's yeah. just picking up the empty jug. And then when, when she has to let go of it, they cut to the ground. And you just see, like, the full jug now hitting the ground. And, like, <laughs> so you can see the water physically, like, splashing around in it again. I love, like, I what second know. unit director or PA had to, like, go stand on, like, the top of, like, a stool or whatever. And then drop. Like, how many times did they have to drop it to get the shot right? Like, how many of them broke? I know. Just think of the cleanup and reset period if just one of them cracks open yeah, when you do it. Yeah, so much water. I didn't know that was a thing like people had in their houses in like the 80s. Like, I, oh, I, I was going to say, I, I have, I have the one. the 90s and stuff, but not, I don't yeah. remember that being a thing in the 80s. I remember I'm my sure. aunt and uncle having them when I was like a really little kid in the 80s. Yeah, mine's really old, so I'm sure it's just about that old. Jamie look, looks at her and goes, wow, you're strong. And she's like, I'm a mechanical device. And he goes, wow. And she goes, wow, and does the wink. So... I said it earlier. It kind of becomes her thing. This is the scene sort of like the Terminator 2 scene where like Arnold's trying, like starting to piece everything together. Yeah. Well, yeah, the exactly. whole, the whole smile scene is also like a Terminator uh, yeah, 2 scene a lot of, when he's teaching him to smile. A lot of Terminator uh, feelings here. I think, well, when we'll did Terminator, when, when did T2 come out? 92. Yeah. Cause I heard that they drew a lot from small wonder. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> James Cameron was like, okay, we made the first one. Genius. It was okay. However, we have been bested in the robot world. And then this is when we get to the parents in bed. And it's the morning of their anniversary. And, you know, horny mom goes over to uh, Ted and goes, happy anniversary. He's like, who got married? She's like, we did. She like sits. We did 11 years ago. Dude, this dude is in the doghouse. He just made a child, (laughs) killed a child, and didn't remember his fucking anniversary. Yeah, she reminds him it's the anniversary. Like, she presents it to him. You know, all he had to say was happy anniversary back. But he apologizes. And, you know, I understand, like, just with everything going on lately, I've been really distracted. And he kisses her on the cheek. And she's like, that's all I get for 11 years and all this inconvenience? And he goes, well, that was just the sample. Would you like to see the entire line? (laughs) And she lights up like a fucking Christmas tree because 
she's been dishing out these I need some hints for a while. And he's finally about to, uh, you know, give her what she's wanted. And then they do that, you know, the TV make out under the covers. Like, that's how it always kind of works. And then, obviously, right at that point, the kids come in. Also, when the kids come in, a great TV trope is she's wearing, like, as much shirt as I am. I have that right written now. down, yes. <laughs> yes. yes. I'm like, it up like, oh, no. Yeah, she's They're like, going to co- see my buttons. She's covering, yeah, she's covering her breast as if she's not wearing, like, <laughs> yeah. a full shirt with sleeves. Yeah. That's because she's super horny and her nipples are probably hard. You know what? That could be it. You got him. I didn't even think it was that funny, but I got you. <laughs> you gotta remember that Joe's a pervert, though. <laughs> sure, <yeah. laughs> so, um, <laughs> and that's when when she walks in, Ted's like, I need to program her for better timing. And uh, mom's like, and a knock before entering. It, they see the tray and like, well, what's all this? And she goes, happy anniversary from me and Jamie and then just throws the tray on the bed and like everything goes everywhere I, I did get a lot I of admit this I one. laughed at this that was <laughs> I laughed at this I yeah. was not expecting it and then you know the dad's like Jamie get in here I was like realistically yeah, why is he mad I, had really mad at him. I was like this kid gets grounded for trying to make his parents breakfast in bed on their anniversary Shit yeah, like, parents. that's your robot that doesn't know how to play something right. down properly. You didn't program her on how to do breakfast in bed because you fucked up and made a 10-year-old <laughs> robot, which is useless, as we have discussed numerous times. First of all, it's, it's your robot you made with super strength, and you're giving it to your kid as a toy? Like, what if it go wrong here? The robot can't go crazy. <laughs> yeah, how much better all, would this whole show be if instead of Vicky the robot, it was Sylvester Stallone? Happy birthday, Polly. <laughs> Polly sex pot. <laughs> oh, Polly. <laughs> Are the Rocky movies streaming anywhere? No, I feel like I really need to watch Rocky before we go to AMC to always plays them, so I know. whatever AMC's linked to. But if um mentally irregular. <laughs> so from that scene, we get back to Jamie who's like in his room with Vicky. And he's telling her how much trouble he's in and you know, one more goof and I'll get married and be raising a family right in here. And she goes, for your anniversary, I'll serve you breakfast in bed. <laughs> I, that line got me. I thought that one was funny. It didn't make me laugh in the episode, but for some reason you doing it made me laugh. And I don't right? know why that is. Same. And then Jamie gets this idea that, you know, if I get them a nice present for their anniversary, maybe they won't be mad at me anymore. And again, I think they're a little unjustly mad at him to begin with anyways. Extremely but, unjustly. Yeah, it's like yeah. Butters and his family. Butters, yeah. you're all grounded. <laughs> he did something nice for you. It didn't work out. But, you know, obviously you know what his intentions were. Yeah, he remembered their anniversary when the dad did it. Yeah, when you didn't. <laughs> no. He's such a good kid. He remembers the anniversary. Yeah. And then he threw milk on him. Maybe maybe they just got mad because he got him sticky. I don't know. Those, it looked like just dry cereal in those bowls from what I could see. Well, well, apparently hot coffee sure on that, too. The kid just so he'd go to his room so that they could take a shower together. That's probably what the scenario was. And then they should have gone down afterwards. I'm like, you're not grounded. We're sorry. The parents. The parents. <laughs> right. <laughs> Talk about the parents. So like, that makes sense as to because they were in. They got they, interrupted having sex. They could have they did that little pivot line at the end. The little fade out. Yeah. But then Vicky reminds Jamie that he was told to not leave his room. But he said, no, they told me to go to my room. They never said I had to stay there. And then tells her she needs to learn how, you know, who's the boss here. And he said that he is the big J. And tells her she needs to learn a lot about life. And in this case, um, sometimes you need to sneak out. 
Is he going to sneak out? Is that going to be your new nickname? Oh, you're the Big J? The Big J? I mean, people J. have called me Big J before. I mean, it's just because I'm overweight, though. So it's one of those, like, it's always like, hey, big guy. It's like, you're just calling me fat. Like, why is that a term of endearment? It's not like a cool nickname. Yeah. It's not like, hey, it's Snake Hands or something. Yeah. I don't know. That's cool cooler than the be. nickname you gave yourself, The Sheik. I mean, that was a jovial, more like a character. <laughs> um, I didn't, like, announce myself as that to people. I'm pretty sure you work. While walking around with a something like on a, your head and a parking cone. <laughs> it was like a couch. It was like the thing that, like, like you used to protect the arm of your couch, that, yeah. yeah, from, like, fading out. Um, We really liked Sabu back then. You have to remember how much we were into Sabu at that time. From there, he said his dad sleeps late on Saturdays, so he's going to run out now and he'll be back before he gets up he's already up right he's yeah, he he's, woke them you were up. just well, in his room awake, but... like he's not asleep anymore you can't use that you're like mom and dad bang for hours on saturday mornings <laughs> i just for all the holes in all this that's the one that really bothered me because you would just you were literally just talking to your father a minute ago you know he's awake you can't he's be like, awake because he sent you to your room yeah, you can't be like, oh, he sleeps late on Saturdays. This is a perfect time for me to run to the department store. <laughs> like, obviously, it's... the biggest hole for me, you mentioned that was a big hole for you. The biggest hole for me is this department store, because I don't ever think I've seen a department store that was A, the size of one person's bedroom, B, sold crystalware, Fabergé eggs, and clown toys. What the <laughs> fuck is this store? It's I like, like paused and was like gallery. looking around, like, where are we? It's like the store that Dwight got kicked out of in the mall. <laughs> yes, <laughs> he has to buy the statue. Uh, it's no different than the stores in the mall now that just sell like samurai swords and paintings of Michael Jackson and plants. And like those in those things that just have running water. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But yeah, no. So he walks into the store. Well, first he locks Vicky in the closet. They always say cabinet, but really it's a, it's more of a closet. And she breaks and now, the door right off in front of him. So yeah, shouldn't be surprised by what happens next. Well, yeah. So now you see Jamie in the store, and he's buying what I don't know. It looked kind of like it was just like a glass ashtray. Yeah, it was like an ashtray. <laughs> I was um, trying to figure out. I couldn't yeah, figure out what for he was four buying, four dollars and twenty one cents. Yeah. <laughs> Here, guys, the, you can. <laughs> I, no, you know, I was going to make an after-sex cigarette joke, and I didn't want to <laughs> stoop. Yeah. So uh, one of me. So um, could be me. a could be a candy dish. Could uh, yes, it could also be a candy dish. So I love those a, candy dishes though, where it's like, oh, what does it fit? Like seven M and M's. Be like, oh, how useful. We'll put this out <laughs> on the dining room table. Yeah. Why isn't that like so clock? Like, oh, where's your mom and dad, little boy? Why are you out? <laughs> Right, yeah, this kid is like seven years old, and he's like, here's a bunch of money. I want to buy an ashtray. <laughs> like, okay, well, a free pack of Marlboros comes with that, bud. Have a good one. It makes me it makes me think of Home Alone when he goes shopping, and they're like, where are your parents, little boy? <laughs> Fabric softener. Is this so, uh, a toothbrush uh, ADA approved? So, yeah, so he's in the store, and Joe, you painted the picture a little bit of what kind of store it is. It's kind of like, I, I envisioned it as maybe... Just a section of a department store, maybe that would because the clown display was very odd, right? They, so the section is crystal wear, Fabergé eggs, and toys. Yeah, it was like maybe the toys was a spillover, <laughs> but yeah, obviously they there was there's a circus display in the corner of the store. It doesn't make any sense at all. Granted, and we find um, out by a sign for no reason. Let us know that circus display ending today. Yeah, like they needed a special sign what, to be like, this why? is the last day you can enjoy this display. <laughs> like if you walk into the Gap, you're in the mall, and you're like, 
Ooh, I like these blue jeans on the mannequin. There's no sign that's like, the blue jeans on this mannequin will come down in Shorts seven are on days. tomorrow. You better enjoy this. Yeah, yeah. enjoy the <laughs> mannequin butts with blue jeans now, because they will have khakis on in a week. If it was like the clown from uh, Pee-wee's Big Adventure that's just outside moving. <laughs> and then in we're... fairness, I, and I want to go back. I think Joe only mentioned that because he has that shirt that says mannequin butts drive me nuts. That's true. <laughs> um, but yeah, as the showing the circus display... Which is just like a few like animatronic, like a couple little things. It's not like a full on display, just so the viewer has a little bit of a picture here. Like parents um, taking their kids to see this display. Like there's a write up yeah. in the newspaper. Right, yeah. It's, it's not like a... going to the Enchanted Village or anything yeah. like that. It isn't like Santa's Village or something. It's just yeah. three fucking robot clowns. And, but Vicky Dad, Dad does can't walk afford in. Disneyland. This is what yeah. we get. <laughs> Vicky walks in the store and she walks right up to this display. And, you cut over and Jamie peers over while he's making his transaction and spots her there. And, you know, for good reason, gets nervous about it. So as she's like looking at the display, there's like a kind of like a clown figure, like a animatronic clown thing. And I, I couldn't tell. So the clown's moving. Is she moving the clown or I think is that's the clown, what they were going for? Yeah. Or was she moving with the clown trying to emulate it? I think she was emulating. The I think clown she was imitating it. it. That's why she yeah, doesn't move. When they pick her up, because the clown didn't move. Yeah, I thought that. I guess that makes more sense because she, she's a robot. She doesn't have powers, so it does, I guess it doesn't make sense for her to be able to move the clown. Yeah, she's not like supernatural. Yeah, and while she's admiring this display, two guys walk up to like clean out the display. It's the last day, and the big tall guy, who's like really big dude, just picks her up like she's part of the display and. How did, like, doesn't she look and feel and smell like a real girl? Like, he doesn't notice? Like, all right, here we go. Well, and just... I'm glad that he didn't feel and smell her. Yeah, I feel like that guy <laughs> looks like he's tough and scary, but he's clearly not a bad man because he didn't pick her up and go, mm, smells like little girl. Like okay, but, like, she looks just like a girl. You picked her up, so you are feeling that she feels like a real human. Yeah, but like, he, he goes from behind. He doesn't, like, ever see the front, so he just sees a display of something like Bent over. Okay, like, I'll I'll give you that. He he does have his her back is to him. Yeah. So I guess Ferg, that's fair. that first point makes way more sense than the next thing that happens that I laughed at so hard is they pick up these three things that weigh maybe a pound each or whatever, and then they move them into a door while being like, We gotta close this display down, and then they just move them two feet and the guy goes, uh, tough work, let's go get a cup of coffee. And they fucking <laughs> yeah. leave. They just screw. I was laughing so hard at this. Like, well, the best like union job ever. Be like, well, time for a mandated coffee break. See y'all later. So funny. Why in that moment didn't Vicky or Jamie, more I guess Jamie, say something as he sees her being walked off and locked into the door? Like, you could just go, hey, that's my cousin. Like, you don't have to just watch it happen. Yeah, because this show is frozen. stupid as fuck. <laughs> It's yeah. just kid, kid logic. He doesn't want to get in trouble. I guess, yeah. I mean, there is a lot of kid logic in this episode, too. Like, everything that he says, you know, you're like, oh, it's that stupid kid logic stuff. Like, when he says, like, uh, oh, uh, they told me I could go to my room, but didn't tell me I could leave my room, right? Yeah. Like, that's, like, the classic kid thing. That's, like, when you get in a fight with your I'm not touching you. Like, I wasn't I'm yelling, not touching okay? You. I was speaking loudly. I wasn't yelling. You're like, okay, we're getting in a fucking huge fight now over this. And then after, Joe, you just laid out the picture, like, they go for a you know a quick break after moving those couple items. So now she's locked in this closet. Jamie walks up and he's talking to her through the door. 
He's like, oh, we have a real problem. He goes, I'm programmed to solve problems. He's like, well, stick that one in your computer. And then um, she's like, we have a problem. And he goes, oh, what a dumb robot. She goes, I am not a dumb robot. I will solve the problem. And just kicks the door open. I did get a laugh at that, too. I am not a dumb robot. (laughs) And then as soon as she kicks the door down, he goes, wow. And she goes, wow, wink. (laughs) And they just decide to run off immediately after, which is probably the right thing to do. But right after they run off is when you just get anyone who was in the scene as a background actor. Just hover around the broken door now and just look at it and, like, pantomime as if they're talking to one another. Like, what is going on? And that's how that scene fades out. Now, is the wink thing, like, is that because the, when the dad was activating her on the computer, that's the first thing he had her no, do? The, like, where does that come from? When she first shook hands with Jamie, he said, wow. Well, he winked at her first. They shook hands and he winked at her and she winked back. She winked back. So oh. now it's like a thing said, between the two of them. And then he said, oh, wow. Right. So she said, wow. So now anytime she hears wow, she associates that with winking. Okay. I, I didn't pick up on that. And then um, the next scene is them coming back home and you see them coming in from the kitchen. And as they're walking by, the parents are standing in the corner of the kitchen watching them enter, clearly angry. The dad asks Jamie, hey, why did you let Vicky out of the house? And she replies, he's the boss, the big J. We went to the store. I'm sorry. It's first thing is, why did you let Vicky out of the house? And why did, not, not, why did you're you a 10-year-old. Why did you leave the house? We were so worried about you. Why did you let my robot out? Fuck you. He's this very concerned about this robot. Yeah, he is These very... are bad parents. No, this is a bad... Ted, who granted he is a serial killer... Um, <laughs> He's so focused on this robot, he forgot about his anniversary. He's not thinking about the uh, the safety of his child. Everything is secondary to the robot. No, it's because he got to go and put one in the missus. So who cares if the kid isn't there? The robot can just be shut down. What? Picking up. I get that they the might have had sex while they were gone. Happened. Yes, they had sex. <laughs> Well, That's not the, that doesn't change the fact that he wasn't worried about his son being gone because he's he was worried only about the robot. He was laying pipe. <laughs> I know, but when they <laughs> come in, he's mad about Cunnilingus the habit. robot and not <laughs> worried about the son. Is what I'm saying. Because the robot can make him a lot of money, the son cannot. And they again, all right, that's to... being a bad parent. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not disagreeing. The theory I'm stands of bad parenting. So I don't understand what you're arguing. I'm not. I'm just saying that <laughs> they don't care about the kid. I'm right, which is bad that's parenting. What we, you, saying. Listen, <laughs> we all said something, and you went, "No, wait," and then just reiterated our point, but in a weirder way. Wow, wink. <laughs> and um, so, anyways, well done. So now, again, there's a knock on the door, and Ted goes and opens it. Harriet again, and she says, "Hey, can Vicky come out and play?" And Ted's like, "Vicky." She's like, "Yeah, Jamie's cousin." He's like, "Oh no, um, she can't come out today. I'm sorry." She goes, I told my dad about her. He goes, oh, what did you tell her? Wouldn't you like to know? And I'm like, this is where I'm slap. like. Slap. This is why doors what get the... slammed on her. No, not slap, Goro. Right, the Again, five fingers say to the face. That's what I would say. She's 10 years old. Um, so anyways, no, but this is why doors get slammed on her. Because what a like an agitator she is. Slap. You know what would fix that? Whole whack. And that flew in the 80s. S1E1 does not I, endorse child abuse. Yeah, can we make no. that real? And I guarantee you, there's going to be a moment after we record this episode where you're going to regret talking about hitting this girl as much as you mentioned it. I guarantee I it. do like, though, that your justification was, but it flew. In I the disagree, 80s. Gordo. Double down. 
But it's it's been such a runner throughout the episode. There is no way around it now. It's gone this on too long. This woman dessert this this child is just infuriating. There's other ways <laughs> to deal with that. So now that Harriet's gone, Ted asks what happened, and Jamie tells him, you know, she was snooping around and saw her, and you know, like I had to say something, so you know, I said she was my cousin. And Vicky goes, it takes nine months to have a sister, and. He goes, I did not program that in. And the wife looks at him. Joe Joe is probably just just sitting there like shaking when that line happened. Yeah, that was that was the end for me. I was looking at the timer too, and it was like, you've got like 27 seconds left in this. I was like, oh, thank you for throwing one at me at the very end, too. The dad asked if everything was fine at the store and if any, you know, anything bad happened, if there are any problems. And she goes, No problem. I broke the door down. <laughs> and Jamie then hands them that gift. Um, and explains that, you know, this is why I was out and I knew I'd get in trouble and I was risking my life doing it, but I love you so much. And he gives it to them and then like leaves. It was kind of like, there was no like, they didn't open the gift in front of them. He just like, here you go. I love you. Bye. Now the parents are alone in the kitchen and the mother says like, oh, we, we, we really can't punish him now. And it cuts to the kids back in Jamie's room. And he tells her that, you know, she's been a bad robot. And he's had enough of her for today. And she said, I thought that you liked me. He said, well, I did this morning. And she then looks down and looks sad. I actually felt really bad in that line. That this one made me one, feel bad. like emotional moment where you're like, oh, I kind of feel for this kid. Now. Yeah. As soon as when she said, I thought that you liked me. I was like, oh, I you just learned just to like, love. Punch it. <laughs> and, um, but also, a robot. well, True. also in that moment, I thought that was important because he did talk. Ted talked when he created this about how eventually you wanted to learn and get a gain emotion and everything. She's showing emotion here. And I don't know if that was intentional or not, but at the end of the episode, she looks sad. So she is developing human emotion. It's not intentional. That would require good writing. I don't know. I don't know. Jamie then heads over to his bed because he shuts like the door to that cabinet on her. And he's talking out loud to himself and he's wondering if he's been too hard on her. Maybe it's his fault that she did the thing she did. And then like talks to her through the cabinet like, oh, can you hear me? And then says, you know, you can come out. And she breaks the door down the same way she did at the department store and goes, well, Jamie goes to her. I can see I'm going to have nothing but trouble with you. And she goes, <laughs> trouble, and then makes a really weird smile. She makes like a maniac <laughs> serial killer smile that she learned from her maniac serial killer father. Just and abrupt then, ending suddenly. That's it. And they, yeah, that's <laughs> it. it. And just... then eventually it does get into like the credit roll, which is just the theme song again. She's a small wonder. And um, they're just She's playing fantastic. all the clips from the episode. Want my cold dead body? Stop it. Trim spa, baby. <laughs> there was actually, by the way, a piece on Anna. Anna Nicole Smith that was on television recently. Very interesting, if you haven't seen it. You should have let me know. I love Anna Nicole stuff. It's so. a very empathetic piece on her, actually. It's very sad. Yeah. Oh, I'm not anti-Anna Nicole. Well, I feel very bad for her. You're a big catchphrase about he's her. He's anti-trim spa. He's not yeah. yeah, I'm anti the trim spa thing. Well, I'm anti her getting exploited so much her entire life, and the trim spa thing was just another one of those. Well, she ended up broke after um, that billionaire died, the 90-year-old man. She got no money from that. No, she had no money from that. She was with Howard K. Stern. All right, we got to finish this. Let's let's land this plane, boys. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So that's that's the end of the episode. Um, just I guess to like go back and wrap it up a little bit before we get into the Green Ladder cancel. This show, you know, we talked a little bit outside in our chats before we got into it, and 
like Ferg, obviously you've made it very clear that you're not a fan. And I, I just think, you know, we talk about it being dated. You got to remember it's an older show. So I, I always do think that you got to look in the scope of the show. It was, um, what really is weird to me. And I brought it up earlier is that this is a show from the mid eighties that feels like it's from the late fifties, early sixties. And that is the thing that's most curious to me. The writing, the way they speak, just so much of it was not, it did not feel like the eighties, but, um, the show was very popular in its day. I don't know. I, I just think that Small Wonder is just one of these shows that got forgotten in time and maybe because it is so dated now. It was like a pretty big thing in its run and it just kind of, I feel like it's one of those shows that I bring it up now and again to someone and I, I feel like I'm the only guy who still remembers it, which is weird to me. I don't think any of you guys have anything else you want to chime in about it. Uh, unless I'm wrong, you can speak up now, but otherwise we can get right into that Green Lantern cancel. Run it. All right, guys, I'm going to go in the order. I see you in Ferg. I'm starting with you. Yeah, so you mentioned the show being, like, older. We've done older shows than this, but I don't remember doing a single one that felt more dated to me. And it was just really strange. Um, uh, It's a combination of bad writing, uh, a weird plot, but terrible actors. I didn't think any member of this, like, crew was a good actor. So it's going to get a cancel from me. I will say I didn't like this show. But it was a fun one to hate, unlike California Dreams I just hated. So, I mean, this is the fun factor of hating this one, at least. So, cancel. Nick? Uh, going off Ferg's, like, having it feel old, um, I think it just felt bad the whole time. Like, I, 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 was, I was never, like, I don't even know how to explain it. it. Maybe it was the way it was shot or whatever. It was just, like, a real bummer to watch this show like it just didn't ever entertain me in any way at all like it was just poorly acted poorly written like you know things we've said ad nauseum about all these bad shows i mean they're bad for a reason if you if you can check all these boxes yeah you're gonna get the cancel and that's what it's gonna do it's getting the cancel it's just it was not entertaining i'm actually really surprised to hear that it had such a good uh initial run uh i don't know why there must have been no competition. I know there was competition, though. There was, like, good competition around this show at the time in the mid to late 80s. So uh, it was uh, all around bad time. Cancel. Don't want to ever see anything else from this show again. Joe. Yeah, look, I, this is a, obviously it's a cancel. This is not very good. I forget who brought up Elf earlier, but, like, Elf makes – it was a Ferg, thank you. Uh, like, Elf is a similar thing, or Harry and the Hendersons, right, where it's – sitcom family centered around kids and there's one really weird thing right there's a fucking uh alien or whatever right and i find those still kind of charming and enjoyable i mean maybe it's just the pilot of this i had never seen any of it again i stand by anything with Edie mcclurg is probably pretty funny in it but i just got so creeped out by this that one scene um of the girl laying on the bed was just so off-putting to me that i just can't that was so fucking weird. If she was laying the other way, it would have been so much less creepier. But they just, it was, oh, death, this whole thing was so terrible. So all the love to episode two for Edie McClurg, but this is a huge, huge cancel. This was pretty terrible. Gordo. Yeah, I'm with the rest of the guys here. Uh, this is a cancel. This wasn't even like Homeboys from Outer Space, which was like so bad that it was good. This is just like bad. 
This was I'm just sorry. Like, I don't mean to interject on you. Sometimes I wonder if he watched the same show we watched. Yeah. I I legitimately not to go back and listen to my reasons for greenlighting homeboys from outer space, but it was so campy and bad that it was good. This was just objectively bad and had no redeeming qualities to it. Exactly, Blue. Um, so there's just nothing that was good about this. It was a children's show. I perceived it as a children's show. Uh, I don't think that this was a family sitcom. Exactly. Uh, so with that being said, I am going to cancel. All right. So, guys, um, I swear to you it's not because I picked the episode. Because it's not. I don't have a lot of nostalgia towards it. I am going to be the only guy who greenlights it, and I'll tell you, I don't think this show is amazing, but I also don't view the way we interpret our greenlighting cancels as, is it a good show? Is it a bad show? It's, do you want to see episode two? I do. There's some weird, like, it's just so odd to me. I, 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 it's funny enough. Like, I don't know. It's just, it's easy. It's like an easy watch. And, uh, it, it, for whatever reason, it's just something that it, I don't know. I enjoyed it. I don't, I, there are so many holes. I pointed them out, but I kind of want to see where it goes. I don't know how long, but th- it has this weird nostalgia for an era that it's not even representing. Uh, I keep mentioning like it, it feels like a show that's, you know, from decades before when it was actually made, but yeah, I don't know. Um, I, I enjoyed it. I, you know, it, and maybe it is a, this weird false nostalgia, but I don't really think, I don't know. I don't have a lot of memories of watching it other than I remember watching it. But yeah, so I know I stand alone. So by a wide margin, this show is being canceled. So you sorry to small wonder. this week, sir. Yes. Yeah, you, I, pull, you pull the Joe, by the way. You point out a million things that you've canceled other shows for. And but then I you just, greenlit this. But I just think it's, like I said, I just, at the end of the day, I want to watch episode two. So like, that's all I can go by at the end of the day. Like I would have continued watching right after. Um, Why did so, you greenlight Homeboys? Because I didn't like it. <laughs> you said you wanted to watch the episode. Like morbid so. curiosity more than like a desire. Um, Jay but- has a weird morbid curiosity thing too, though. We talk about these shows that are like genuinely amazing. All five of us are like, this was fantastic cultural piece of television. I love it so much. And Jay's like, yeah, I'll never have time to watch this. I, I just never will. And then we watch like Homeboys for Our Space, and you're like, I mean, I'll probably throw it on at work one day when I get nothing to do. It's like, wait, what are you doing? What's I mean, wrong I with think you? I gauge my time in a way that like I don't dedicate, despite doing a show like this, I don't dedicate time to watching television the way you guys do. So like, I watch things that I can like half pay attention to and that are easy, and I can you know watch at work or I can watch while I'm doing something on the computer. Like, that I don't need to, like, really be super involved in. So, like, something like this works. You know, you look up and you see, oh, look, she just picked up a fridge. And it's it just simple. And I don't know. Yeah, maybe for that reason it works for me more. I, I don't really know. But uh, to wrap it up, because, you know, we've gone plenty long. Sorry to Small Wonder. Only one out of four green lights. So you are being canceled. You don't see episode two from us. But that's it. That's all the time we have this week. I just want to remind everyone again, go to S1E1Pod.com or S1E1Pod on Twitter, Instagram, our social medias. Like, subscribe, follow, do all that fun stuff. Helps us out a lot. Actually, we could really use some reviews on uh, Apple and iTunes. It's been a little while since we got one of those, but we're getting a lot of people hitting us up more and more now on uh, Instagram especially. 
and reaching out and talking to us. And that's been really cool that you guys are doing that. So thank you. We are talking about all these suggestions when they come in and we're going to see where we can piece some in. We got a lot of stuff planned in the future already. So once we can start sprinkling those shows in, I swear we're going to get to to a few of them um, as soon as we can. But that's it. That's all the time we have for this week. Tune in again next week for another new episode. But thank you. Good night. I think we got the best suitcase full of dead baby body parts. <laughs> 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 hey.